0: Good morning, everybody, to this edition of McCartan After Midnight. Good morning, New York sports fans. I'm Danielle McCartan. McCartan After Midnight. I'll be talking all things New York sports with you till 6 a.m. on this early Sunday morning, March 28th, or late Saturday night if you're out and about in the city and never sleeps. if you're in a rideshare home, or maybe you're just working on a weekend like usual. Hey, we are two. Me and Nick are here in the Mike Francesa studio. We've got a special three hour 3 a.m. edition coming your way tonight. You guys know that number. 877-337-6666. Let's load them up with your best content only, please. I've got another special guest for you guys tonight. You know him as former Yankees pitcher, Tanyan Sturts. We'll discuss um, basically the the trends in baseball coming up. um, The MLB's crackdown on on uh, um, on foreign substances on the baseball, especially how that relates to a pitcher and especially how that relates to a guy like Garrett Cole. We'll discuss the Yankees lineup. How would you attack this Yankees lineup as an opposing pitcher? Bunch of good stuff from him. And, of course, you can't not ask Tanya Sturtz about the a rod fight. So we'll have him on at uh, 4.40 this morning. So I hope you do stay put for that. And before we go any further, um, as... You've all heard by now, John Jastramski is leaving the fan. I just want to take a second to wish him well publicly, right? Um, I reached out to him pri- privately as well. We had done—I sat in this chair, actually. We'd done a show together a few summers ago right now, I guess it was. Um, and it was just a really fun time. He's a good sport. JJ's a class act. And he's just as sincere in person as he comes through on your speakers. The guy is great at what he does. He's going to continue to do great things. So just want to say very publicly, um, best of luck, JJ. And with that being said, I think it's fine enough to mention on air because others have already have done so. So I'm just, I, I've am just sent an email to state my interest in the position once it becomes officially available and open. So just wanted to address that for and to you guys right off the bat, and so to speak, and now – let's just move forward accordingly and we'll just see what happens. You know, let's roll the dice and see what happens. And speaking of moving forward, and maybe you saw the tweet from Misha Tate in my corner regards to this whole thing, but I am totally in her corner because she is, did you see it? She's making a comeback. You guys heard it here, here, when she told you the week before the McGregor fight that she was going to be back. Before the summer, I think she put the timestamp on that. But at that point, there was not a date picked out. But now there is. July 17th. I promised her I'd be there. It's a Saturday night, so we might have to get a little creative. You know, we have an idea of where it's going to be, but it's not official, so I'm not going to say anything. But for right now, I'm just very so happy for her, and I cannot wait for her. Make it a comeback after giving birth to two babies. I just want to see should take kick some butt, and, and I'll be there for it, and I'm all for it. Well, as if you already didn't know, in today's NFL, the necessity of having a more-than-capable quarterback under center is paramount. For that reason, this 2021 NFL draft is certainly shaping up to be one of the most exciting ones, to say the least. And our New York Jets here in New York with the number two overall pick are the stars of the show. Smack tab right in the middle of all the drama. Everybody and their mothers has an opinion on what the Jets should do with the pick. But before we get there, here is a very short, you can just Google the rest of it, but here's a very short New York-centric recap of Friday's trade drama created by 49ers, basically. So, So... The 49ers, maybe the Dolphins would be the main culprits here, but the 49ers have the number three overall pick in the draft. The Dolphins have the number six pick. And the Eagles have number 12. And then there's just plenty of future first-round picks going to Miami, Philadelphia. But right now, it doesn't matter to us here in New York, right? So the Jets are still two. The Giants are, are still 11. They haven't changed. But what's around them has changed especially in in division, you know, AFC East, NFC East. So have you been paying attention to Twitter while all this is going on this weekend, starting Friday? Over the past 36 hours, trending nationally, are the words Jets, Darnold, Wilson, not Russell, but Zach, and Garoppolo, who, by the way, I think he's got to be on his way back to Bill Belichick in New England, right? Any day now, like, just get it done already. And still everyone seems to have an opinion on how the trades that shook up the rest of the league pertain to the jets. The essential question. That's what we do in my classroom. The essential question is why didn't the 49ers move up to make a move for the jets. Number two pick instead of stopping at three. The fact is the jets were not even called by the 49ers regarding making a trade for that pick again. That's a fact. That's not debatable. So with that being said, there's two camps of fans. And there always seems to be two camps of fans when it comes to the Jets quarterback situation. One that says, oh, the Jets aren't, weren't even called by the 49ers because clearly there's inside information between the organization and its former defensive coordinator, who is now the Jets head coach, Robert Sala. People in this camp continue to say, Because of this inside information, the 49ers didn't even bother the Jets for it because they knew the Jets were definitely choosing Zach Wilson. I'm sorry, but when did this become the shared sacrifice NFL? Since when do teams collude like that? It's not like the Jets would get a ring if San Fran won the Super Bowl and vice versa. Each team is in it for themselves. These teams are multi-billion dollar assets. So to me, that doesn't make sense why they would agree to that. I guess in particular why the Jets would agree to that. Because if they can get a haul, they're going to get a haul. But more on that in a second. But of course there's this insidious thought of maybe the 49ers really did know something. Did you guys watch Zach Wilson's pro day? Did you catch the shot of Robert Sala chumming it up with the 49ers GM John Lynch? What about chumming it up with Zach Wilson himself? Did you also notice that The GM, Joe Douglas, was there. The head coach, Robert Sala, was there. And the offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur, were all there. They were the only team to send all three there. That's to Zach Wilson's pro day. Joe Douglas was at Trey Lance's pro day, but the other two weren't. Clearly, there was more interest in Wilson than Lance. Lance was like a checkbox. We were there. We saw it. Number two. The other camp of Jets fans says, oh, the Jets are just playing their hand to up the hall they could get for the pick. Well, that could be too. I mean, Joe Douglas is playing the, the I would never want to play poker against this guy because no one knows what he's doing. The 49ers just moved up from 12th to third and sent the Miami Dolphins. Here's the hall, two future first round picks in a future third round pick. Obviously, the Jets' number two overall pick would be clearly worth even more than that. They could look to Atlanta to swap, pick four, probably not likely, but probably more likely would be pick eight with the Carolina Panthers, or even pick nine with the Denver Broncos. Both are looking for a quarterback. Maybe those teams can make a deal for their ultra-premium pick. So underscoring all of this, right, is how much stock do you put In a pro day, sure, there are good things to draw from it. All the scouts talk about seeing muscle twitch, you know, having these guys react to different drills and different commands and can you do this for me, right? But what about how the player reacts in weather conditions or plays in weather conditions? Sam Darnold did his in the pouring rain at USC. Wilson did his in a domed field house in Provo, Utah. What about how the player is affected by the crowd noise in a real stadium, in a real game situation? What about how the player plays against, oh, I don't know, something called an NFL defense? We talk about this every year when we have tryouts, when I have tryouts, how great the kids look during the drills. And even on one-on-one situations, hey, could you, could you do – volleyball, I'm thinking, just came to my mind. You toss them a couple balls. Can, can, you, can you spike a few of these right in a row? Let me see. Let me see. Go back. Let me see it. They look great. But for me, anyway, the real evaluation comes on like day two and three of tryouts, how they perform in game situations. When you sit back and you watch them play against each other, that's the only real true barometer for me anyway. And unfortunately for Zach Wilson, the level of difficulty – posed by the opponents on his BYU schedule, did not give me a good enough litmus test of how he would perform in the NFL. So I'm asking you guys, the listeners, which camp are you in? But before you consider that, before you have an answer, while you consider it, I should say, imagine a Mike LaFleur-style offense. He was the San Francisco passing game coordinator. And if you remember, backup quarterback Nick Mullins took a majority of the snaps for them in 2020. They were still ranked 12th in passing yards per game, over 250, by the way. When Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback, he used play action 32% of the time. It's speedy. It's up-tempo, which I love. And that's clearly in Sam Darnold's wheelhouse. I would love to see him get another year in New York with a fresh, imaginative offensive coordinator, some weapons around him, and an offense That is structured around his abilities. Not one that a stubborn head coach refused to change. I say it every week. I believe in Sam Darnold because I believe it. Christopher Johnson in his season end press conference seems to believe in Sam Darnold too. He said, I don't think the book has been written on Sam. This is Christopher Johnson. He has a very big future and I personally hope that it's on this team. That's what I told him after the last game. So in my opinion... Sam does have physical talent. It's his mental game that has regressed over the past couple years under Adam Guru. My main concern, as I say it pretty much every week, is that it might have regressed too far. But then I I look at Julius Randle, totally unlocked by Tom Thibodeau. The guy is playing, and he made the all-star team. And deservedly so. I chalk it up to personal commitment, sure, but also coaching. Did you notice how he's not taking a million shots per game anymore? That's a mental thing. Have you noticed that he's well over doubled his assist output per game? That, my friends, is a result of good coaching. And in Randall's case, and in Darnold's case, it wasn't there in New York. And if Darnold goes, but it was found for Randall, what I'm saying is, and if Darnold goes, he is going to be Ryan Tannehill 2.0. And the both of them? would have rid themselves of Adam Guru and and blossomed, right? So if Darnold goes, he's Ryan Tannehill 2.0. I promise you, you could put money on it. Comeback player of the year, right? But it could be that way, too, if he stays. Tonight, I am expecting that we will examine, of course, the Jets quarterback situation in depth. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. So... The Yankees roster decision has been made a little clearer. There's no more obstacles in the way. After the reign of a not-so-great reason has cleared, because I'm sure that you've heard the news from Saturday afternoon, but if you haven't, Luke Voigt, last year's pandemic-shortened season home-run leader, had an MRI on his knee. It revealed that he has a partial meniscus tear and will have surgery on it. So that means, at minimum, three weeks of no Baseball activity? None. So what does that mean now for the remaining bench spots? Well, they're a lot clearer. Because he can play both first base and outfield, Jay Bruce and his lefty bat will make the team. The Yankees signed him to an MLB contract and selected him to the 40-man roster Saturday afternoon. Also on Saturday afternoon, the Yankees, A, plays Clark Schmidt on the 60-day IL, right elbow strain. Okay. But probably more importantly, B, They released Robinson Chirinos and Derek Diedrich from their minor league contracts. I actually really thought that Diedrich had a chance to make this team. He had impressed me really early on in the spring. So with these moves now, there's a trickle-down effect. Does it or is it true that Tyler Wade will make the major league team?
1: So... What do you uh,
0: make of this, Mets fans? Is this Lindor extension coupled with Steve Cohen's ownership going to be more money, more problems? Steve Cohen tweeted Friday evening, What do you think that Lindor will accept? I'm going to crowdsource the answer. Lindor said that he will not be discussing a new deal once the season begins. Was that a pressure tactic? With only a few days to go, is this Steve Cohen tweet a good sign from the Mets owner or... Is it his own pressure tactic? I mean, it seems lighthearted enough. Maybe this could ease any fears that he might not, you know, there's, you know, that thought that he might not resign or get extended. Maybe this could ease the fears because of its lighthearted nature. But a fan replied to, to Steve Cohen, he said, or I think it was a she, can we assume a deal is imminent if you're poking fun at the task at hand? Cohen said, in this case, no. Last week Rain Randazzo said on this show that just because Lindor himself wouldn't do it in season it doesn't mean that his agents won't. So we'll have to wait and see. But I think the Mets would be would be uh, it would behoove the Mets to get a deal done. He's clearly the guy. I mean, right? There's he's clearly the guy. Just get it done with and be done with it. And in some basketball news, March Madness, are you still tuned in? Are you still entertained? Quick check of my brackets show that um, they're not good. My supposed to win bracket is in the 68th percentile. And in my underdog special bracket, I slid down 256,000 spots since last week. (laughs) And after that number four Indiana upset upset over number one NC State, my WFAN listeners women's bracket with 41 of you guys in it, I'm in 30th place. Not good for me but great for Indiana reaching the elite eight for the first time in program history. The NBA trade deadline came and went fairly quickly as well. The Knicks stood pat, which in my opinion, as we've talked about on here was the right move because I'm seeing some articles saying that names that were floated around in trade talks, apparently were Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson. Knox. I'm basically indifferent about him, honestly, but in no way would I want this team to part ways with Mitchell Robinson. So good move. And a tough break for Robinson tonight. No pun intended because he fractured. I don't know if you saw, he fractured his foot. He will be reevaluated when the team returns to New York today, Sunday. He, he just jumped and, and just he fell down awkwardly on it. I just I feel bad for the guy and because he, he pretty much just came back from a fracture in his right hand not long ago. So that kind of sucks for him, but, you know, it's the way it is. The Nets also didn't do much by way of trade, but Saturday evening – They signed seven-time All-Star LaMarcus Aldridge after his contract was bought out by the Spurs. And the Nets still have one more roster spot to use in the buyout market. But overall, Aldridge was a good pickup, though. The Nets fans are very excited about having him part of the team. You know, at 6'11", he is tied for the tallest on the Nets with DeAndre Jordan and Nick Claxton. He's expected to fill that five spot. You would think that he was promised some significant playing time in order to lure him there, so I'm not sure what that means for Nick Claxton. But the Nets needed height, and they're making it work for themselves by making some smart signings, good reinforcements for that long run to the finals, that's for sure. And finally, because you already know that I'm a sports nerd, I've embraced it, I was feeling a little creative enough to debut a new segment with you guys tonight, and I'm calling it Nerd Alert with Professoressa McCartan. The idea is to take topics across all sports, right, and break them down as if you guys are the students in my class. So this week's topic, everybody, is spin rate as it relates to the new MLB crackdown on illegal foreign substances for pitchers. And I'm going to – I can never say this word. I always try it and I always fail. Just (laughs) juxtapose. I can never say that damn word. I can't say it, but I'm going to – just to compose my findings against the Yankees ace Garrett Cole. Everybody has the everybody has the word. That's my word. I can't pronounce that word.
2: Juxta suppose?
0: No. no. That's not it. That's not right? oh. Sorry. <laughs> Juxta
3: suppose. Yeah, you're right. It is hard.
0: It's hard. I know. So anyway, so to to make it, you know, New York centric, I just picked Garrett Cole. I could have picked DeGrom, but I went with Cole. That's just the way it is, okay? But I'll offer my opinion then, and then we can chat about whatever the topic is. So tonight, that's what we're going to look at. We'll see how it goes. You let me know if you like it or not, and we'll see. And uh, don't forget, this week is opening day, of course, for the New York Yankees with Garrett Cole on The Bump. Thursday, April 1st, 105 p.m. They welcome the Blue Jays to the stadium in the Bronx, the Cathedral. And the Mets also are on Thursday, April 1st, but at 7.09 p.m. from Nationals Park in D.C. Thursday. Garrett Cole, Jacob DeGrom, does it get any better? We've got two of the best pitchers in the league right here in New York. So lots to get to tonight, lots to do. I have set the table for you guys, hopefully very nicely. It is time to eat your 3 a.m. snacks. Can't wait to talk with you guys, 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan. After midnight on the fan in New York City.
3: This is John Sterling. Opening day is this Thursday when the Bombers are back at Yankee Stadium to host the Toronto Blue Jays, and we get you ready for the regular season. We do have Yankees-Phillies preseason action today at 1255 as the teams meet in Clearwater, so keep it right here for all the action on your smart speaker, mobile device, laptop, and tablet at WFAN.com and on your radio at Sports Radio 1019 FM. WFAN New York.
0: Yeah, let's go. So I I walked in the studio. and I wasn't expecting it to be here, but I walked over to the mailboxes, and in the mailbox, because you guys have been hearing me complain about this DJ LeMayhew, like the authentic jersey for weeks now, and I checked on Saturday afternoon, and still it's not available. I don't understand. But in my mailbox was a little package from Fanatics, and I would just like to say a very thank you to... Very much. Thank you. However you want to say it. But to Michael from Lake Mary, Florida, he sent me a DJ LeMayhew T-shirt in the mailbox here. And I love it. I'm going to wear it next week. You know, I'm not going to switch it out tonight, but I will be wearing this next week. Very nice. Thank you very much. Um, That's very nice of you. You guys, you know, sometimes you guys are just so generous, you know, and sometimes it's, it's 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 humbling. So thank you, Michael, from Lake Mary, Florida. But he didn't stop there. He told me he's also going to send a Mets shirt and a Yankees shirt to a charity or someone of my choosing. So I'm sitting there, like, I'm in my bed, like, Wednesday night or whatever, Tuesday night. I'm like, who can I send this to? Who can I send this to? And I'm like, oh. So I, I did some work. Not, not work. I, I was asked the—I'm trying to get the right name of it. Hold on. Um, this summer. I, I was reached out to by Charlie Fleisch. I think that's how you say his last name, Charlie Fleisch, and he is a student at the Nassau County Cerebral Palsy Center. I, I think that's how he, that's what it is called. Um, there's a couple different names for it just in Google, but um, Charlie is a student there. He's a huge Mets fan. So um, Mike from Michael from Lake Mary, Florida, sent him a Pete Alonzo jersey in his size, and he also sent um, his classmate, Charlie's classmate. Also a DJ Lemayhu t shirt. So um, you know, that's just you total that up, but it's a hundred bucks. Easy. So, you know, Michael from Lake Mary, Florida, you're a good man. Um, you're a good guy. So thank you. Okay, so let's uh let's go to your calls. Uh in the order that you guys called, of course, as always, let's go to Justin in Deer Park. You are leading you are the DJ LeMayhu of, of the show tonight, Justin. Yeah.
4: Well, I'm happy you personally found someone got you a DJ T shirt. <laughs> I did all my research, that's
0: <laughs> all I can find. I know. I know. It's amazing. It's just, I, I, I'm i going to have to go. Maybe they're selling them at the Yankees team store. Maybe that's Not the only role. place. If
4: you want, you can do the, the cheap China jerseys. I don't know how great they are, but they're really nice jerseys.
0: I don't like them, though. I like to do the authentic, authentic. I don't buy them often, but the T-shirt Same. would be good for now, Same. for sure.
4: I just throw them so pumped. Open day Thursday morning I'm actually getting my COVID shot. Oh, good for you. I it's been hard. I've been getting the run out from my local pharmacy to keep me next week, then next week, then next week, then next week. It's enough already. Yeah.
5: Good, I'm glad. So I am go on
4: C V S and hope we'll to take an Uber and take an Uber home. Good. And then and then that night I'm going to see Mike Del Judas at Adventureland as my birthday gift. So they'll be rocking my Jeter two thousand and nine World Series jersey.
0: Nice. I like that. Well, happy okay. early birthday, right?
4: No, it was my birthday. My birthday passed. Oh, okay. It well, uh, happy... ju- just came in the mail.
0: Oh, gotcha, gotcha.
4: Yeah, so what is your take on – what are your expectations for the Yankees this season?
0: Oh, it's got to be World Series or bust, right? I mean, yeah, this is the, what they're what they're building towards for how many years. They've gotten so close with two different managers. Let's, let's go ahead and win it now. Come on.
4: Yep. Unfortunately, it's a shame with the weight injury, but as everyone was saying, Kim Jones and Susan Walden this morning – it's better that it's done now
0: than later on in the year. Of course, right, and, and exactly, and uh, I mean, your dad's a doctor, right? You, you know that it's better. Yeah. To, I mean, it, can you imagine what, what this would have been if it, this came up in like July? Yep. Oh my god! They were they were saying he maybe sort of had like a cortisol injection and just sort of pulled it off. Yeah, this was the injury that happened
4: with sliding the bases in the games during the spring training games. Yep. People think it's because of weight on social media. No, Now a no, 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 no meniscus tear, it could be done anyway.
0: Yeah. My friend, when we played, and Justin, thanks for the call. Good call there. Sure. Um My friend, um, when we were in high school, we were playing basketball. <laughs> Obviously, she's not a, a bodybuilder like some of these guys are. Tore meniscus right there on the basketball court. Done. In a heap. That was it. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is not... Meniscus is not related, as Justin said. Meniscus is not related to working out and things like that. But, uh, you know, if you're a Yankee fan, you know, it sucks. But it's good that he got it done now, like Justin said. It's good he got it done now. Clear it up. Instead of playing through the pain of pushing through, get it done now. And the same thing like Zach Britton. Get it done now so that when you come back, I mean, the Yankees lineup is good enough to power them through. The starting pitching I worry about. Um, but the Yankees lineup is good enough to power them through, especially in the beginning of the season when the pitching hasn't totally caught up to the hitting just yet. Anyway, so as far as expectations, I think for both New York teams, both the Yankees and, and the Mets, I think they both have their eyes, their, their sights set on the World Series. Wouldn't that be exciting? A Yankees Mets World Series. The Mets knock off the Dodgers and meet the Yankees in the big show. I might put might, I might put like five bucks on that. I got to see what the odds on that are. I don't know because I think that would be a nice payday. <laughs> you know, I told you last week too. I was going to pick my Super Bowl winner. I haven't had a chance all week to look, um, but I will. I will. I will have it for you next week. I like to look at the odds too. I don't like to pick like oh the Bucks. Obviously the Bucks. I picked them last year at. What were they, plus nine plus 900, plus 700, whatever they were? So I like to play the odds, too. So I'll have that for you guys next week. All right. All right. So let's go back to you uh, uh, Let's go to Paul in Floral Park. You're up next. How are
6: you doing, Danielle? What's up, Nice Paul? to be back online. All right. All right. Yeah. Um. What do you think of the idea of getting uh, a petition going for uh, for you guys to get your endorsements and, 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 and uh, sponsorship with the NCAA? What do you mean? Like, like, uh, you know, because you guys, some, um, you know, you're underhanded there as to what we saw there. I mean, the, uh, the men's and has yeah, yeah, got all the endorsements.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, you're talking about the women's game. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be nice, right?
1: Right, right.
0: Did you have? I,
6: Nick, did you have a Nick's point? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Phil Jackson, he is a moron. <laughs>
7: yeah, and what a jerk he is. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, and the timing yeah. of it is kind of k- kind of questioning, right? Like, why Ridiculous. come after the Knicks yeah. fans and the Knicks when they're just, they're in the playoff run, they're in the hunt, leave them alone.
8: Yeah. Yeah, what is it? He go away, leave everybody alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. Paul, yeah. thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Stay safe all out all there. All right. All right.
7: Anytime. All right. Thank you, thank you. We'll talk. Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> Paul, he's always a good call. He's always, it's usually Islanders. You threw me for a loop tonight there, Paul. It was Knicks tonight. But, I mean, come on. The timing of it could have been timed better. These comments, you know, I don't want to go too much into this. But what a what a, what a a crappy time to pick. Knicks are surging. The fans can't even get into the stands. They're rooting from home for the first time. They're, they're, their team's having a really good season. And they have to root from home for them, which kind of stinks. Um, but nah, just, it's, it's not a good look. All right. Kingston, New York. Conan, you're on the fan. Ooh, that rhymes. I like that. Hey. Hey. How you doing? What's up?
9: Uh, Danielle, I love your show.
0: Thanks. I appreciate it.
9: Um, I want to talk about Caitlin Clark. She looked pretty good the other day.
0: Caitlin Clark looked good in where?
9: Um, the tournament.
0: What team did she play for? Iowa. Okay. What do you want to say about her?
9: Um, Testing you. threes from, like, the NBA, you know, like, drilling them from uh, NBA style. It was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But that's not what I really want to talk about. Okay. The thing I want to talk about is um, Zach Wilson. I think they should take him and get rid of Darnold. I think Darnold should go to the Steelers.
0: Well, I thought the same. I thought Darnold would be a good fit. If the Jets were going to get rid of him, I thought that he was going to be a good fit on the Steelers, but that ship yeah. has sailed. You think so? Yes.
9: But you think we're going to get Zach Wilson,
0: though? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think – I hope. listen, I, I – and you listen to the show. I like Sam Darnold as the quarterback of the Jets. I don't know that they are – I don't think they're going to do it. I really don't. I think it's a big game of, of, of poker. So who do you think they're going to take then? So I think they're going to trade down. And I really believe that they are trying to angle themselves for the tight end pits.
9: They want that guy from uh, Florida. Yeah, the the, the yeah, tight end. The guy, yeah. Yeah. But I, uh, you know, I think they should take Zach Wilson, though.
0: All right. Give me your best reason why.
9: Because Sam Darnold wasn't really proven. I mean, he was a kind of a good quarterback at USC. Um he had one good year. And every time the Jets take a guy from USC or whatever, they're not good.
0: I know, but you can't say that though. You can't generalize that because Mark Sanchez took them to the AFC Championship game back to back USC quarterback. You can
9: Yeah, know? but he 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 didn't really take them there. The defense did. It
0: th- well, he he still played in the game, didn't he?
9: Well, yeah, he did. Oh,
0: well, okay. So you can't make that generalization. You can't. That, that's yeah, but where a, that's a lazy generalization.
9: Where, where did he go after that?
0: It doesn't matter. That That's not what we're talking about. He took them. When was the last time the Jets saw the AFC championship game?
9: Back when uh, you're right. Right. But the the problem is, though, where did he go after that? He didn't... There, the Jets didn't have anything after that.
0: Yeah, they, well, they had a lot of turnover uh, after that as well. I mean, the head coach was fired. You know, it's a whole big thing. It's a whole new system was implemented not not long after that. But but I'm asking you, what about Wilson did you like? Not about Darnold. You made it about I Darnold. I think
9: he looks good. I think the, the kid looks good. Based on what? He throws, the ball, he throws the ball the right way. He looks like he throws it like... He's throwing it pretty good. They showed the pro day and everything. You know there I wasn't. ain't the big thing, but I know. You know I'm
0: there not, wasn't a defense there.
9: No, I know that. But,
7: I mean,
0: I could kick a, a thirty-yard field goal with no with no rushers, no blockers. I could do that. I've done it. I, it's on video. But
9: it's so, a, do you think? Do yeah. you think that um, they will trade him to the Steelers?
0: No, no. The Steelers are out, Conan. The Steelers are out because the the Steelers have Ben Roethlisberger. And, and and as far as I know, Mason Rudolph. And then they've just added Dwayne Haskins. The Steelers are not an option anymore for the Jets. They were. They were in the very beginning. But with Dwayne Haskins there, maybe they're grooming him to take over for, for um, Roethlisberger one day. I thought that was a marriage made in heaven. But it didn't happen. And it's not going to at this point. Done. Done deal. Teams that you can look at, though, for, for some deals for the Jets... Maybe the Falcons. Maybe. That's that's a, a very minimal maybe for the Falcons. But then you, you pivot, you look at real contenders are pick eight, Carolina Panthers pick nine, Denver Broncos. That's where you should be sort of focusing your attention on. And if the market's been set for the number three overall pick, imagine what the Jets can get for the number two overall pick. So, what I'm trying to say is this. I think that that Zach Wilson, yes, he had an impressive throw. That one, where two of them, where he, it was the bootleg and he ran through across his body. Impressive. But guess what? Week two, when the Jets took on the 49ers, Sam Darnold did the same thing in an NFL game. I tweeted it earlier on Saturday. I, on the break, I can retweet it again, but... Uh, Lewis Riddick, he was like, he said it. He's like, I think we've seen that. Everybody's making pretend like, oh, that's the first time they ever seen that throw ever. Sam Darnold did it. He did it. Here it is. I'm going to retweet it again. Lewis Riddick wrote, but I thought this kind of throw had never been ever made before yesterday. And it's got 3 million views. Come on. Listen. Sam Darnold has regressed. The, the statistics say it. The Everything says it. The Sam Darnold has regressed. But I think about other guys, kids on my own teams, that, that under the right coaching staff can make it. And we could talk about reasons why the Jets would want to move on, why the Jets would not want to move on. But once I've weighed them all myself, still, I'm keeping Sam Darnold. I am. So if you guys want to get aboard, give me your, your best takes on why the Jets should take Sam Darnold or should keep Sam Darnold or they should go ahead and take Zach Wilson. I'm all ears. This is this is this is the fun time. This is the fun time leading up to the draft where we can debate this. Ultimately it's the Jets decision, obviously. But um I don't know. I just don't know if they're if they're gonna be taking Wilson. I think it's I just think it's a big poker thing. it's I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what you guys think. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartin on The Fan.
10: Hey, what's going on? It's The moves Coming up Monday after Boomer and Geo at 10 a.m. Moose and Maggie right here on The Fan, reacting to everything that happened NCAA Tournament Sweet 16.
0: Plus, the latest from the NFL as we're getting closer and closer to the draft spring training. Moose, baseball this week for real. We'll have you covered wall-to-wall. Join us at 10 a.m. on Sports Radio, 1019 FM and Radio.com. H to the Izzo. Oh, welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on the Fan DMC squared. <laughs> I don't know. We're just getting into which I knew this was going to be the main topic tonight was was keeping or trading or ridding themselves the Jets of Sam Darnold, that is. So, um top 3 reasons why the Jets should keep Sam Darnold. And we'll get to your calls after this. 877-337-6666 is the number. Number one, he's 23 years old. People seem to forget that. Sam Darnold is only 23 years old. And actually, he's one year younger than Joe Burrow. People forget that as well. So there's plenty of potential there in the right situation. Two, number two reason why the Jets should keep Sam Darnold. The Jets are not, not one single quarterback away from making the playoffs. They're not. There's too many holes in this ship to be plugged by Zach Wilson. He's, it's, and it's going to be the same thing again. And three, Robert Sala reportedly likes him. And that's half the battle. As a coach, when you have or when you like a particular player and you believe in them for, for whatever reason, Sometimes reasons that others outside of it cannot see. You just want to go as a coach. You want to go that extra 100 miles to help them. Make sure that they succeed. Maybe that's what Sal is seeing in Sam. I don't know. In my experience, that has been the case in my experience with a couple of players that have passed through my, my system. And I really think about softball, really. But when you believe in a kid, for whatever reason, you know, it's just it's just different. It's it's hard to put into words. So maybe that's what Robert Sala is seeing in Sam. Maybe. Or is it just lip service? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Mike in West Palm Beach, you're on the fan.
11: Buongiorno. Ciao, Repassade Mike. Prima class, prima class.
0: <laughs> What's up, Mike?
11: <laughs> well, great points, you know. And a shout-out to, to Nick uh, also. Um, your opening statement... Danielle, with J.J., uh, mm-hmm. well said. Yeah, I had the pleasure. I, I met a lot of people over the years, this and that. But J.J. had a golf course in Oceanside. He used to caddy 50 years ago. Even a relative of mine got a hole-in-one in that course. Uh, but he's going places. He's high-voltage, Yankee fan, and, and his fish, the Dolphins, down here. But I wish him well. Um, and plus, you know, uh, Taurus, Danielle, I'm the 11th. You're the 17th, mm-hmm. and J.J.'s the 15th, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah, so good stuff. Uh, you're talking about the Jets long time, as you know.
0: Yes, I agreed with you last week.
11: Keep Sam Donald, okay?
0: All Keep right, g- give me your best reason why because we're going to open up this debate tonight. Tell like me. you
11: said, there's a lot more holes to fill. Not a quarterback, uh, the best quarterback is not going to fix the band aid solution. That's a band aid solution, yeah. And last week, I mentioned too, Daniel, when was the last time I saw a tight end and the draft yeah, picks. Right. Have to be used, and Joe Douglas has got to be on his A game. You know, and and it's a high-stake poker game. I just told Nick uh, I'm playing a little house game. I just left a little while ago, small stakes, whatever. But it's it's a poker game. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I I would I would keep him, Sam Donald, because he's just a kid, like you said. He's 23, and uh, he's got to be surrounded by you know uh, much better uh, teammates. Overall, right, you know,
0: Tom you know. Brady on this team is not going to salvage this team and make no. them into a playoff team.
11: That was that was a key point you made. Yep, you know, uh, too many damn holes with, with the Jets, and uh, I I, could, I go back to when they were the Titans. Even that, uh, watching them at Haas for forty years and this and that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, um, I'm not changing now. Too many too many uh, fair weather fans out there. You know, they want to go for the front runners. You got to stay with your team, and uh, um, but you know. Daniel uh, Ralph uh, says hello.
0: Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad he's doing good.
11: Yeah, he's doing good. Uh, got some uh, medical issues and, and whatnot, but um, you mentioned something last week. I got to mention as a baseball fan, and you, um, small ball. Get to the theory of small ball. Yeah, you, you have right. You have teams who were stacked, the Yankees and, and others who were stacked with you know power home run hitters. Mm-hmm. But if you rely on a home run. The strikeout ratio is going to go up, and yep. I hope the Yankees get their pitching step. And Sanchez, I hope. Uh, what can you say about him, man? Wow, uh, you talk about a mental uh, uh, problem in a coconut while well, he's out the dish
0: yeah. hitting, that, and, and that's what it yeah. is. The guy, he's got, he's a yeah. My head, the head coach used to call him the, gr- the girls like that on my team. They used to call him. Uh, what do you call him? Head case. Yeah, he, she's a head case. That's what he is. He's a head case. He's in his Definitely. own head. There's That's- so many suggestions being thrown at him, and I believe he's trying his hardest to, to internalize all of them, utilize what? all of them, and it's just confusing all of his wires in his brain. That's the problem.
11: Definitely. You play a college ball, coach still coaching, they play some college ball, summer ball, whatever. Uh, and it is, you know, that's that's like Yogi said, you know, baseball is 80% pitching. The other half, well, the other half is mental. Right. You know, toughest thing to do, round ball, round bat. Um, and I was laughing too. I'm speaking to you, Daniel. I got a lot of work that has to get done, uh, excavation, uh, extractions. Uh, I'm speaking to you without my dentures. Oh. But juxtaposition, uh, juxtapose, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: I can't uh, say it. I can't do it. Well, you nailed no. it, though.
11: Yeah. Uh, and a shout-out to Mike from Lake Mary, Florida, Generosity. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, good guy. You know, oh, yeah, good guy. And uh, I even tuned in your show when you were opening, you know, the playing cards I got on low. What's that, Mike? I said, it's uh, a great host on WFA in New York. I'm listening. Oh, thanks. I said, I say, just don't deal from the bottom of the deck, dude, because if you do, someone's going to tap you on the shoulder and walk you into another room.
0: (laughs) Mike, Uh, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. All right, Dania.
11: All all the best, all the best, all right?
0: All right, talk to you next week. Yep. Um, Yeah, so getting back to, to Sam Darnold there, I mean, Tom Brady is not saving these Jets. Patrick Mahomes is not saving these Jets. So what makes you think Zach Wilson is ready to be an NFL starter after being the he- the quarterback at BYU. And yeah, there have been some questions about his leadership. I don't know too much about it. I was told that BYU has their own little system that is not like any other place is what I've been told by people that know BYU. I'm not even sure what exactly that even means, but they kind of said, don't bark up that tree. Okay. But still, the level of competition between BYU and the NFL Versus, I don't know, a, a competition like Clemson, Trevor Lawrence and Clemson in the NFL, I think that's a little bit closer. I I don't know. And, and right, G- Jets fans, draft Zach Wilson. You want him in on week one, don't you? What if he's not ready? Then what? Then what? So, I, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts to this. Um, you know, I'm taking your calls. Give me your best reason why the Jets should keep Sam Darnold or the best reason, real reason, why... The Jets should draft Zach Wilson. That's that's the debate we're having tonight. And, of course, some baseball and some and Yankee stuff, Mets stuff, of course. It's opening opening day this week, opening Thursday. All right, in the order that you guys called, let's go to Brett in Kingston. You're on.
12: Hey, how's it going?
0: How are you? Hi. I wanted to go a little
12: bit back in time here about the whole San Arnold situation. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uncle played O-line high school with a bit of O-line. Utah state. He lives next to the USC field. Mm. He watched Sam Darnold every game, 50 yard line. Mm -hmm. I asked him several times. I said, what do you think about Sam Darnold? He said, listen, he's got all the weapons, the arm, the legs, the brain, everything about it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it never translated to the Jets because they didn't have stuff for him at right, all. Exactly, and and he said he only watched USC games because Sam Darnold was the only chance they had to win a game.
5: Mm-hmm.
12: USC never had an OJ Simpson on that team back back when he was on the field, mm-hmm. so they won games just because of him. And I think a lot of people forget about that because it was, oh gosh, what, four years ago now? And people don't just remember that stuff anymore. Right. So I just want to put that out there to the Jets fans. I'm not a Jets fan myself, but I I watch them. I, I like them. I'm a Giants fan. But I just want to say that people forget quickly about what Sam Darnold did at USC to take that team to some good I don't know if they won a cotton bowl or whatever, but there was a reason why USC was in the game every single time because Sam Darnold was in the game for him. And that's Brett, all I gotta say. Yeah,
0: great points there, Brett. Good points. That that's that's a great addition to the to the argument tonight. Um also in college there was also um issues with turnovers and Sam Darnold issues. Uh, I'm not sure – see, I, I don't know if they even keep track of this, but how many of them were, like, physically throwing issues or how many of them were, like, mental mistake issues, like throwing into, you know, wrong parts of the field? How many of them were on the receiver, you know, the receiver's fault? But um, it that did translate over to the NFL, the turnovers. That would be something I would like to see – I mean, his first – touchdown was to the other team in the NFL. I mean, let's let's be honest. Like his first touchdown pass was an interception, a pick-six to the other team. But I think of and as you were talking Brad, I was thinking of Josh Allen. Right? Josh Allen in Buffalo, he was you know, I would say on par with Sam Darnold, right, when they first started. But the jump that Allen made with a coaching system that believed in him, tailored the offense to fit him. And not to mention, he, he does not even have a running game behind him either, a real one, just like Sam Darnold didn't. But the Buffalo Bills went in and brought in a guy like Stefan Diggs, one of the best receivers in the NFL. They were like, listen, okay, you are going to be our quarterback Let us give you the tools that you need to succeed, to use a line from Brett, the the tools that you need to succeed. What have the Jets given Sam Darnold? And I told you this once before, I'll tell you again. Darnold's pass catchers, I went through them all. I went through the list of his career, guys that have caught passes for him in his career. I kind of eyeballed the the bulk of them, you know, up and down the list, but I came up with this. The most pass catches. (laughs) the most catches, the most, whatever, balls caught by receivers, right, for Sam Darnold in his career. First one, the most, was Robbie Anderson. That guy was undrafted. The next quantity of passes caught by a receiver of Sam Darnold was Jameson Crowder, fourth-round draft pick. Then you got Braxton Berrios, who was a sixth-rounder. He was selected 210th. And then the all-important tight end, Right? We talk about the – everybody forgets the importance of a tight end. Right On these seven-on-seven seven drills, there really is no tight end used on these seven-on-seven seven drills. Just spread them out wide and go for it. So it's kind of like a lost art a little bit. But the highest – Chris Herndon, fourth-round draft pick. Where is Chris Herndon? Is he even – Don't you don't even know when he's on the field. That's what I'm saying. So I'm saying that they, the Jets have not given the tools to Sam Donald to succeed. Agree or disagree, call me up 877 337
5: 6666. Here's Pete McCarthy with an update. Sports Radio, 1019 FM.
0: The W-F-A-N. Welcome back at the top of the hour, the four o'clock hour here in New York City, in a pretty warm New York City. It's been a nice stretch. Nick and I were just talking on the quick little break there of how nice it was Saturday. I hope you guys got out. You know, the homework that I give in my class. Isn't really homework. It's get outside and play. Go bounce a basketball. That's what I tell the kids. <laughs> so uh, um, I don't know. So it's it's opening day uh, this week anyway. I know it's Sunday. We're, right now it's Sunday, but opening days is all, not till Thursday. But this is the last time I'm going to talk to you guys during quote unquote spring training time. Um, so it's a good feeling. We're we're at a good time of year. It's it's warm. Get out there, play some play some catch, will ya? But so my cousin calls me the other day. Right? Listen, he usually just texts, but he called me this week. And I knew whatever it was had to be important since it was a phone call. He said, hey. He's like whispering to me on the phone. He's like, hey, I'm at work. I only have a few minutes, but I'm in the ticket portal right now. And I have two Yankees opening day tickets in my cart. You want to go? He's a season ticket holder, of course. Um, But it's a day game. And it's on a school day. And the day before spring break starts. So it absolutely killed me to have to turn them down. So I know it's it's no, no go, no can do. I guess there's going to be other opportunities, I guess, but I've only been to one opening day game actually. And it, it happened to be a Yankee game and it happened to be with him many years ago. I, I was still in college many years ago. So like maybe 2009 or 10, I guess it was. So it was so fun. I had such a fun time, but I distinctly remember how cold it was that day and not just cold, freezing and the weather for Thursday seems to be a high of 43 and some rain. That makes it even colder. You know what I mean? So if you're going to opening day, bundle up, everybody. Bundle up, especially in the Bronx. The Mets are in, in uh, D.C. We'll see what the weather is in D.C. But in the Bronx, 43 and rain. I don't know. All right, let's go back to your calls. 877-337-6666. Omar in Brooklyn. You're up on the fan. How are you? Good morning. I- I'm good. How are you?
13: Okay, two or three statements before I make my point. Okay. First, I will say, uh, if Lindo is not signed before the opening day, uh, that will create a, a buzz around uh, the team that I don't want to see. So, i rather have him signed up, That uh, that is according to everybody that he's the best player and he's in a a good frame of mind that he's uh, loaded up for uh, the financial aspect is uh, cleared and he can focus uh, the way he wants to focus and he can be uh, uh, basically a weapon for the New York Mets and not going to it like he's a free agent and everybody. Uh, You already, you have traded for him. You think that he he is one of the best players, so pay him. That's why you came in, you bought the team that you're going to pay. You have money. So I don't want to go through or that my previous owner couldn't pay. I don't want to go through that uh, as a fan. I don't want to go through that. So, so be at that. But I if, don't... what if
0: that means he can get the most money? You know, he's looking out for himself, obviously, too. Yeah,
13: but, but, but that's why you are the owner at this time that you are going to pay. You are the... Uh, the, one of the richest owner there is. So mm-hmm. if you have to overpay for one player that you think is the best player on the team, and that will bring in the team an uh, atmosphere that, okay, this owner is ready to pay us and everybody can uh, 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 f- uh, play to their level up so they can get paid.
3: Mm-hmm. Everybody
13: is in this business to get paid, right? Right. To make money. So uh, everybody else in, uh, around the team that uh, has a contract, they said, if we perform, or well, this guy is ready to pay, they have money. So we're going to perform and we're going to get paid in the future if we perform. So right. let to uh, be a leadership in that category and pay him before the season starts. But then
0: Secondly. C- Syndergaard's looking for some money. Conforto's looking for some money. They're going to probably upgrade center field next year. Is there yeah. enough money to go around?
13: <laughs> Listen, First thing first, who is your leader? Like, I'm going to come to the Knicks. Uh, Julius Randle is your leader. You have decided it. You didn't make a trade. Wait, we just you didn't transitioned do anything. to the Knicks. Okay, right? so, I got
0: you. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm keeping Second. up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh,
13: okay. Second, secondly, about the Yankees. Uh, I'm a Met fan, and I, I have keep on saying that uh, the double standard of Cashman, when that uh, incident happens, and then uh, the closer has an incident happen. All the times that people talk about all other j- giants that this is a good franchise, a double send the the I think that the uh, for last 20 years, they have one championship show, and that championship was basically 12 players uh, on steroids. So I negate in the last 20 years, one championship that have a star in it, basically, so and still he does a great job, but, uh, championship or bust. And they have shown in last ten years probably going to one or two one World Series too. So every time it's a, a championship or a bust. But they basically basically become a bust uh, because the if the, the category is championship or a bust. So that means for last 20 years, one time they have shown a championship and that is basically stressed in it. And this is the still the best manager? Oh my God, that is amazing. That media doesn't want to hear about catchmen because they have a great regular season all the time. They do. And they choke in the playoffs here. But nobody wants to mention that in 20 years, Yankees have one World Series. That's it. You're right. And that has asterisk on it. Get real here. You can have a great regular season. Wait a second. The 2009 uh, uh, World Series has an
0: asterisk, Omar?
13: Yeah, that 2009 World Series has asterisk. If you want Houston... Uh, to have an asterisk in it, I, I think he has a they have an asterisk because they cheat. So the 12 players, uh, coded 12 players, have a different way of people can say that they were on Sears. So all that is asterisk too to me, They're basically. If Houston is cheating, then the Yankees were cheating in 2009, with Alex Rodriguez as the main culprit who has, uh, in his entire career, was cheating. But nobody wants to mention it. Get real here. Get real. And now I want to come to my point on <laughs> oh, Phil now Jackson. We're gonna, Listen. Now we're going to make the point. Okay. Anthony. Carmelo Anthony. Okay. Listen, I love him. As a Suikist, after John Stark, he, I, I see Patrick. but after John Stark, he's my favorite player. I adored him. But whatever Phil Jackson has to say, Kobe Bryant mentioned it. He was 100% right in every category. That's why he did not succeed. Yes, he would have taken the blame for hiring a head coach. But to Melo Anthony, if he would have bought into his system, they, he paid him to get into the system but he was such a thick skin now when he was out of the league now he can become come from the bench. he wanted him to be a leader that Camelo Anthony never wanted to at every cost Kobe Bryant used to tell Camelo Anthony every day eh, whenever he called him L- stick with Phil if you stick with him you will eh,
0: get your reward i was and look what happened and look how that ended but the fact, Omar, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. You're always high-energy at 4.11 in the morning. I always appreciate that. But the fact that I just, I was, I, I didn't even, I, I couldn't even pay attention to the next point, honestly, because 2009, a Yankees asterisk. That's another word I can't say. Juxtaposition and asterisk. <laughs> but to say that, to equate that to the Astros cheating, come on. Come on. I wonder, do you know, it, it, I should have asked, is Omar a Met fan?
3: I didn't even think he was a Yankee fan. All I know about Omar is he's you know crazy Nick fan, but <laughs> I didn't, yeah, he was kind of all over the place. I know. I was trying to keep to up. Time. I was trying to keep
0: up. It was Lindor. <laughs> I know Omar. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I was. I was really. I was, I was. I was trying. All right. Let's go back to the calls. Ben in Queens. You're on the fan, Ben.
8: Look, I like Omar. All right. That, that... Listen, you're going all the way back to two thousand nine. Yeah. All right. I know,
0: but yeah. he does have a point though, because the what? Yankees haven't won since then, and he does have a point.
8: Okay, but you bring that up, so you're saying Matsui was a cheater. <laughs> Derek,
3: you know, you're, you're saying
8: the whole thing is Mariano cheating? Rivera. I mean, uh huh. So you see, that's that's the slippery slope again here. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know what a Rod was. Yes, I know what Pettit was. All right, you're throwing out twelve teams. You're you're twelve players, You're throwing out half my team. Yeah, no. Okay, no, no asterisks, prob- none. No, no, no problem on that. All right. First, congratulations to JJ. Hopefully, I'll get a chance to talk to him on the on the week there. Mm-hmm. I remember he he won the last uh, fan phenom. I know, yeah. The Thing I tried out for. Did you? Matter of fact, Omar was in my same bracket. Oh,
0: get out of here!
8: All right, so that that was that was definitely interesting there. Uh, secondly, uh, heal up, rest up to Luke Voigt. We were just talking about Zach Britton, and now here comes the Luke Voigt thing, and it it just goes to show you need a deep, deep roster. Yeah. <laughs> You know, these think, injuries will pop yeah, up.
0: Ben, and I think this year more than any other year because there wasn't a full season last year. You know what I mean? I think that it, w- I'm, I'm worried across the league about starting pitchers especially being overused. I think. Oh, and and pushing themselves before their body right. in correct
8: shape. Right. So um, third, you know what? With the basketball, the only watchable men's game today— was Oral Roberts, Arkansas, because that those that game did not have long stretches where someone didn't score. <laughs> the other three, I'm sorry, Syracuse, I'm sorry, Loyola, <laughs> you you and sorry Villanova, hmm. you guys just fell in love with taking that three. Yeah, I, I need you guys to drive to the hoop. If the first five don't fall, just take it to the hoop. Yep. And yep. now, as I say that, we go to the total antithesis of that, um, Coach. Care to guess how many total free throws UConn took
0: today? <laughs> I don't know. I know. I because I, I had on all kinds of things today. No, tell Just tell me how many. Three. That's it.
4: Wow! They that, only that,
0: took they were raining three pointers, huh?
8: Go like I. I'm listening on the way to, to to work, and I'm just like, okay, Paige, Paige's jumper isn't falling, mm-hmm. so she's dishing to Williams, she's dishing to Westbrook, and I'm like, okay, all right, who's going to help Clark out? And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and that lead grew and grew. It wasn't until like the second half where Warnock finally stepped up for Iowa, but then the hole was deep.
12: You yeah. know, yeah.
8: So, so that that's the main difference there. And you know, as I, I'm talking about that, all all the love to to North Carolina State because they they were a one seed. They were like, we're going to prove ourselves. We're going to prove ourselves. And then you look up and how is Indiana up by three? We need a shot, and they had a yeah. good look. Yeah, they had a good look. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I know. But but you know what? That's the madness of March right there. That that's just you know this is why we watch these games. Yeah, then the kids
0: to play hard. I love the way those kids they play defense. They oh. chase down you know loose balls. I love it. I just love watching it. They're so hungry, you know. I told I told folks that that Texas
8: A and M. And I'm sorry they're out, but they reminded me of Loyola Marymount. Now, if Texas A&M reminds me of Loyola Marymount, then Indiana reminds me of Arkansas. Because that second half, Indiana truly put them through 40 minutes of hell. Yeah. <laughs> NC State got flustered. NC State had turnovers. They, they never let them a chance to relax. And that's what you're supposed to do to number one seed. If you get on top, you press, 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 keep the pressure on. Yeah. And finally, for Darnold, you know what? This was the trade I wanted the, the Jets to make, actually. It, once again, the, the, the Dolphins screw us because <laughs> I don't think the Jets will get anything that high. But when, the Zach, when I saw pictures of that, that, that bomb and then I saw what Lewis Riddick was saying that other people were saying... Same. I was just like, "Oh, the Dolphins are going to make a trade," and then, ding! Two hours later, the Dolphins made that trade, and I just hung my head like, "Okay, I, I, I don't like Wilson over Darnold. I do not." And yeah. go like, "This is this is another this is this is a move where you're just spinning your tires."
0: That's exactly right. Thanks for the time, yeah, Coach.
8: But... Enjoy your night. It's been a great listen.
0: Yeah, thanks you too. Uh, exactly, like I said before. Take Wilson, you're in the same position because there's not many playmakers around him. Keep Darnold, plug and play the quarterback. There, uh, Listen, it's not like next year there's not going to be any quarterbacks in the draft. I know they might not be picking that high, but they do have a ton of capital that maybe they could make a trade-up. But at this point, you got to see what Sam Darnold is with a real coach and real weapons. Let's get one more. I think we can do one more right before this quick little break here. Let's go... John in Staten Island. Is this John Jastrzemski in Staten Island, by any chance, on the fan?
6: No, it's not John Jastrzemski. (laughs) What's up, John? (laughs) How are you? But I hope you're the one who replaces him. I've been rooting for you, so. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And the thing about him is. uh... Oh, no. Where'd you go, John? No, I'm still here. Oh, okay. you cut off. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know what happened. I don't know. And, And I shut my radio off, so it should be working. I don't know. But, uh, you know, he's like one guy I listen to all the time on a replay because, you know, I'm like a 440 person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's nothing really I, – I, I'm really not a big fan of the other guys. So, uh I'm, I'm hoping you get something. I, I know you're a teacher, so I know it will be tough for you, but you, you definitely deserve a shot. You're great.
0: Thank you. I appreciate so, that. You, you two are
6: my favorite. You, him, and
0: uh, I, I also like Wakata. Yeah. But, uh, hey, I can make it work. Yeah. I, I've made other things work, you know, so we'll see what happens.
6: Yeah, no, you'd be amazing. And uh, like I said, you'd be tremendous. You know, Thank you. Even, even though me and you weren't on the same Zach Wilson thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: tell me, what do you got? You want Zach Wilson for the Jets. Tell me why. Well, you know what? I'm watching him, and, you know, Did we mess up with him? Yes,
6: we messed up with him. No Mm -hmm. doubt about it. But you got to start the clock. I'm sorry. You know, he just hasn't shown me much. I know he hasn't had that much talent around him, but he's not accurate. Uh, And this kid is supposedly very accurate. I I just like his flair. I was watching him. You know, we're going to be bad either way. I I, I don't think we'll win with Sam. And if you do not take this kid, you have to trade down. You can't just take somebody else because there's too much value there. People, right, exactly. People want a quarterback, yep. you know? But, you know, I, I just, some things I didn't like about Sam, you know, I don't think his teammates love him. Uh, like I said, he's not accurate. He makes too many mistakes in the red zone. <laughs> I, I just think it's kind of, I, I'm just too old to watch two and 14. You know, know, I've, been, know. I've been, this team since like Joe Cleco, 19, you know, early 80s. Yeah. Years. They always but, suck. It's the same crop.
0: What makes you think the teammates uh, don't like him? Of
6: the rebuild. I, I don't want to sit there and dress an offensive lineman at two. Do we need an offensive one? Yeah, but we have two first rounders.
0: Yeah, but quick question: What makes you think that that um, the teammates don't like him?
6: I, I don't see anybody really. I, I didn't see Mims stick up for him. You know, Mims didn't. I just don't see. I don't know if he's in a position
0: to though. He's he's you know he barely played himself. You know what I mean? I don't know. I I, 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 don't listen, know.
6: I never played football, so I, you know I, I'm talking out of my butt. To be, to be <laughs> I never to played you, either, but, but <laughs> I'm, I, I'm just a, I've just been a fan for so long, and you know besides Pedington and that, you know Castlevetty was a retreat, but, yeah. but you know they haven't been in the playoffs like ten years. I know. Well, you know it's just terrible. <laughs> it's you, you know was the coach bad? Yeah, but you know what he 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 was part. You know part of the thing was you, you know they traded. You know, they, they kicked to the Seattle, which killed them. You know, they, it made them a lot worse. So, so I, I mean, they, they were a bad team anyway. But one thing about them, they didn't quit. So that's the only thing I liked about them this year. But there was just, you know, like I watched when Flacco played. You know, they, they put more points on the board with Flacco than they did with Donald. You know? I, I yeah, just,
0: I, I, that is a good point. I, I, I do understand that point, John. And <laughs> I just don't know, though, if... See, Flacco is the veteran, right? So I'm not sure how much of it is really attributed to physical mistakes versus mental mistakes by Sam Darnold. The seeing ghost comment gets thrown around all the time. You know, that's a cry for help to me. That's like, I don't understand what's going on because no one has taught me what's going on. And as far as the leadership, as far as the other, I don't think Denzel Mims is in a place to to say anything. You know, he's a rookie; he's trying to cut his own teeth in the business here. But quick Google, all I typed in was like Sam Darnold leadership, and here's an article, and it says uh, Nick Mangold. Everybody loves Nick Mangold, right? Longtime Jet, longtime what was it, captain, right? He said, "I love Darnold's mentality, the way he goes about things, and the way he talks, and the way he commands a huddle." So I'm not sure. I don't know about that, and we could talk more about that after the break. Of course, we've got um, I've got for you really quickly. Um, do we want to do Nerd Alert or do we want to do Yankees X Factors pitching and Mets X Factors pitching? What do you think, Nick? What should we do? We could do both. What both. We yeah, oh, we gotta right. get to the goals too. Um. Uh, let's see. Let's see. What do we got on the board here? We got football on the board. Trying to make a split second decision here. Uh let's do. X-Factors of Yankees and Mets pitching. We'll start with the Mets, okay? So, more your calls after the break. 877-337-6666.
11: March Madness continues today right after Yankees baseball with more Sweet 16 action from Indianapolis, Creighton, Gonzaga, Florida State, Michigan, UCLA, Alabama, and Oregon, USC. On The Fan, Sport Radio 1019 WFAN-FM and streaming on WFAN.com.
0: 21st century breakdown, whatever the word is. I'm Daniel McCarty, back with you on The Fan. Don't forget, at 440, or around 440, we're going to have Tanyan Sturts, former New York Yankees pitcher. That's how we know him around here, right? Um, And we'll be talking all things pitching. I love talking, like, I guess nerdy stuff with pitchers. I guess, I don't know. I, I like, I love baseball. I love every aspect of baseball, and I like to discuss it on what I think is a more advanced Level and I love doing it with with former players or, or current players even, um, but I also love football and I also I don't want to say I love Sam Darnold but I just think the kid was given a, a, a poor poor shake here in New York and yes of course he was part of the decision making of hiring Adam Gase but you know what twenty one year old kid like he, you're just you're just gonna do what basically what you're told right you're not gonna say I don't like him imagine that in New York Sam Darnold says he doesn't like Adam Gase come on. So we did. I did give you the top three reasons for keeping Darnold, in my own opinion. Here are the top two reasons for starting fresh with a new quarterback. And if you guys want to get aboard, 877-337-6666. I'll be right to your calls in a second. Re- two top reasons for starting fresh with a brand-new quarterback. You heard it just a few minutes ago. Reset the clock, the, the salary clock, on the quarterback position. Okay. I get that. I do get that because Sam Darnold's due. Money. I mean, for 2021, he's making. I'm looking at it, seven point. Let's round it off, seven point seven million. 2022, he's set to make what, eighteen point eight million? But then again, when you average them together, that's pretty cheap for a quarterback in the NFL. I guess I'm letting my own bias kind of come in here. I guess, but anyway, the second reason for starting over fresh with a new quarterback is this: it's a new system anyway. There's whoever is going to be the quarterback is going to be dealing with a new system, with a new head coach. New offensive coordinator, the whole nine. Sam Darnold, including his, I just picked, including his senior year of college, Sam Darnold will be learning his fourth system in five years. That's my biggest concern. That would be my biggest concern. Fourth system, five years. That's tough. That's very tough. But not not doable. Dave in West Babylon, you're on the fan.
14: Yeah. Hey, coach. Um, your jets don't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> they really don't. Um, I just, I, 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 don't see it. I don't understand uh, why they wouldn't give Sam an, uh, one more year. Um, if Penny Soul is really the guy, if he's up to the level of, uh, of Trevor Lawrence, you you take you take Sewell.
0: So here's a question. And, I, I was and, Dave, I was pondering this as I was driving the other day, right? So yeah. Sewell's a left tackle by trade is everything I'm seeing. Correct. You've got a left tackle and Mikai Becton. So Correct. which one are you moving? And one of them has to become a right tackle. Are you know, Darnold's a right handed quarterback. Wilson's a right handed quarterback. do you really need to protect that right side with a number two overall pick? That's the other thing I was thinking.
14: Right.
0: I, I don't know. I, or, see, I know.
14: Yeah, I mean, well, if he's that good, look what happened with Andrew Thomas? You know, he he adapted, and he he did. You know, he he struggled in the beginning, and then and then he did well.
0: Fine, but so, I'm just saying, I mean, like, I don't know if I would go t- at two. For I know, that, you know
14: I, what I get it. Well, I mean, oh, maybe you don't take. Uh, I don't even know. Uh, Rashawn uh, Slater's position maybe you take Rashawn Slater if he's a right tackle or the best right tackle available right that's what, that, a, yes. yeah you know yeah um, if it again it's it's the level of the pick
5: mm-hmm.
14: um, my thing is you're not going to be accurate on your back so
5: exactly um
14: but as you know um, I uh, got covid. Uh, last week, um, and I have a message for my Giants. Tell. Okay, I'm very, I'm very proud of my Giants. The way that they used the situation to get young players, mm-hmm. but the problem is not just with the injuries. You have a maturity factor there too, um, guys. We're almost there, okay? Yes, I know the vaccines are being rolled out. It's not time to have fun yet in bars and parties and and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Show your coach that you have the discipline and the, the respect for your teammates that he wants you to have, please. Because you don't want this. You don't want the physical and you don't want the emotional pain of this thing. You don't want to put your family at risk. You don't want to put your community at risk. Your spouse at risk. Your kids at risk.
0: Yeah, well, Dave, Please, I, I, are, do are you feeling okay? Are You feeling better?
14: Um, I'm kind of mushy right now. I always get mushy around, uh, you know, around um, this uh, time of night. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm off and on. Um, it's it's getting better, but no one wants this. And I applaud you. For doing what you do, I hope you're, you you know you and and your teachers are are okay and and you're safe and everybody's safe. Um, just everybody, you know, just just stay safe. I'm very happy with with the pickups, but Joe yeah. Judge.
0: Wow, Joe Judge. Yeah. yeah, Dave, you gotta
14: you gotta you gotta have the discipline, man. You gotta yeah. you gotta slam this down. The, the the first time somebody does something stupid you got to shut it down. Yeah. You really
0: do. Dave, this thanks for the no Feel better. I'll talk thanks. to you next week. Yeah, But Joe Judge is the guy to do that. Of course he is. You saw it. He slammed the book on uh, on Golden Tate, right? And, you know, there was the thing with Daniel Jones. That that night we tried getting DJ Lughead on the phone here, that, that video that surfaced with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. DJ Lughead answered my text and did not want to be part of the show because <laughs> he was the guy that was driving the car that night or, or whatever, out with the, the both of them. So, I knew DJ Lughead from college. That's another story that I've told once before, but uh, yeah, he didn't want to be part of it. So yeah, Joe Judge though, I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't be too worried. Joe Judge has the respect of guys around the league, both veteran players and rookies, and uh, and coaches and, and whatever. So I would not be concerned about that. Let's go to Eric and Ron You're up. Hey Daniel. good
15: morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. You know, you mentioned Nerd Alert a minute ago. I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, oh man, she's going to drop my name for sending her that movie list.
0: Oh no, 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 the- no. So Eric sent me the list of the uh, what was it, the Marvel series, and that the list ma- was the like- yeah,
15: the Marvel Ooh. movie marathon. Yeah,
0: that's a that's uh so. that's a summer's worth of of homework. So I will get to that in the summer. I promise. Yeah.
15: Well, hey, look. You know, let's just a quick aside on that. I mean, when when the, the, the last Avengers movie came out, I did I did all those movies in a three day marathon. So you know, wow. I yeah you know, you're thinking you need a whole summer. You don't, but I, you know, they, uh, you know, you do it at your own pace as long as you get done. That. Got it.
0: Okay. Yes. Uh Listen,
15: as far as that last that last caller look, I could certainly attest to that because uh, today is a year since my stepmom actually went into the hospital with COVID when mm-hmm. when it first went through, and she was in there for seven weeks, and she's still a year later on oxygen and everything. So I can attest to how serious it is. And I'm actually going for my my first shot today. So,
0: hey, all right, um, congrats. Yeah. All right. So, what's your Jets' point, uh, yeah. Eric? Okay. Uh,
15: listen, the, the whole Sam Darnold thing. Okay. I, I, I'm I'm kind of torn either way with with on it. I mean, I'm, I was not in favor of giving up draft picks to make a trade. As far as the, the Sean Watson, that's right. out of the picture anyway. Yes. Okay. Yes. But I, I'm, I'm I, I don't know either which way I would go. Either way between Darnold or uh, Zach Wilson, because I don't I don't know anything about the kid. I know what I've seen from Darnold on there. And, mm-hmm. and yes, he's been put in a terrible situation mm-hmm. with the, the lack of coaching and all that. You and I have spoken about that in mm-hmm. the past, also. Okay. But at the same time, I don't know if I necessarily want to go through another year of seeing if Sam grasps it, because you just made a point that I was thinking about it. Also, he's going through another new system to have to learn mm-hmm. in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Through, through his career so far. All right. I mean, it is, you know, do we have to hope that he picks up on this one? You know, uh, or or you
0: know, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. Or do you hope that Zach Wilson adapts to an NFL speed game? You know, that's those are the two questions that, that the GM has to too. ponder.
9: Right.
15: That's true, too. But, you, you know, you, it might it might actually be less of a learning curve for him coming straight out of college as right. opposed to, you know, to all these other systems having to go before. And it might I be. Mean, You're right. It might be. Right. Right, uh, you know the the age doesn't mean anything to me, you know, for Donald because, you know, you mentioned he's a year younger than Burrow, but I mean, look how quickly he looked like a great quarterback right right out of the gate, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow. You know, same thing Justin Herbert. Look at the situation he got thrown into last year. You know, uh, I you know, know, but literally finding out right before the game started. I yeah. Mean, it's so hard to tell, but but, but Eric too. I mean, also, I'm,
0: when you think about like Daniel Jones, he looked great too, didn't he? Because just because there was no tape on those guys at that point, right? There's no tape Right. Out.
15: I, I I admittedly I'm not a big college sports person because there's so many teams to follow, and I mean, the, I go, I go based on what I see on the professional playing field, right? And, Me too. You know, and, and more than just a handful of games, but it's been three years. You know, and, you know, even on the times when Sam looked like he had flashes on there, and in the same game, he'd have flashes, you know, negatively also. So, yeah. I, I don't know what to put with him. I mean, me personally, at this point, I I would not be opposed to turning the page on him, bringing in a fresh kid, like you said, resetting the clock on there. And let's remember one other thing, too. There's a lot of one-year contracts that they put for, for the Jets this year. Yeah. So who knows what the
0: the roster is going to look like next year? I know, and 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 Eric, and here we go again with this whole thing, right? So I don't know. I I think I'm more confused as ever, but I think I'm going to stick to my guns here, and, and I think stick with Darnold. But I, I do see the other point of view. I do see it, um, and we could talk more about this uh, after the after the interview here with Tanyan, Tanyan Sturts is up next, New, former New York Yankees pitcher involved in that big brawl with the Red Sox. We'll talk some real nerdy pitching stuff with him coming up next on the fan
5: McCartin, sports radio
0: To McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan in New York City. We are joined by a very special guest, Tanyan Sturts, who was a former Yankees pitcher from the 2004 season through the 2006 season. So, Tanyan, first of all, thanks for joining us tonight. I really appreciate it.
10: Yeah, thank you for
0: having me. I guess we'll start right there with the Yankees pitching rotation. So, the total innings pitched in 2020 for Kluber, Tyone, and Herman, a whopping 15 and two-thirds combined, total, for all three of them. Is this Yankees rotation constructed like a house of cards? Well, I, I don't
10: think so because you, you can't really, I mean, you know, Kluber is, was one of the best pitchers in the game and it, you don't forget how to pitch. As long as he's healthy and it, obviously it looks like he is going through spring training, I, I don't think that's a house of cards. I mean, you know, so with him, I, I don't think it's a crapshoot. It, obviously, he's a dominant guy. He's been a dominant guy before for a while. So, I mean, he's going to know how to get people out. And the other guys, like I said, if they're healthy, I mean, they obviously know how to pitch. They're in the big leagues for a reason. And it's just whether or not they're healthy. And looks like, it looks like they're all throwing the ball very well right now.
0: I love talking with former players, obviously, and pitchers especially. Could you give us the pitcher's perspective of what it would be like to come back to the big leagues after having to take a season off because of the injuries like like they've had?
10: Yeah, well, I mean, listen, it's, it's difficult. And thank God, you know, they get the opportunity to go through spring training uh, healthy in being able to pitch the batters because it's not easy coming back after not seeing guys for a year you know you forget how fast those bats get through the zone and stuff like that so now they're adjusting getting ready for that through spring training which is great but like i said you don't lose how to pitch and how to get guys out and especially kluber who's been in the league for such a long time he he knows most of the guys anyway and so it's going to be, he's probably going to be the fastest one to get back.
0: So you just think that mechanically speaking, nothing really changes. It's just, is it, is it like ring rust? Is just shaking off the ring rust at that point.
10: It's almost like throwing and hoping and waiting to see if something hurts, right? If that hurt that was there before is not there, it kind of, there's a little mental thing that goes off and says, okay, it's gone. Now I can get back to normal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably you know what spring training was for them in the beginning, saying, "Okay, I can get over." Because throwing off the mound with no hitters and stuff like that, you can just get through it. But once you start getting those hitters in there swinging, obviously you wait to see if that's gonna, if you're going to get that twinge or that little bite that you had before when you were hurt. And now, you know, hopefully they're past all that and they just keep moving forward.
0: I just wanted to touch on the Mets really quickly because this question popped into my mind a few weeks ago, and I. Wanted to ask a major league pitcher because I saw Jacob DeGrom was touching 100 miles an hour like a few weeks ago on the gun. Is that a concern for a pitcher? Not a concern, but like long term after having the short season, would that be concerning for someone like him?
10: Well, I would say yes before, but these kids are such beasts now. It's unbelievable. I mean, they all throw 100 is It's amazing how hard they throw the ball now. Back in the day, if you threw 96 when we were playing 97, you were one of the hardest throwers in the game. And now these guys, if you throw 96, 97, you might not get a bullpen job because everybody's out there just blowing gas. But, I mean, no, I don't think it's a concern because, these listen, these kids are so in shape right now getting ready for all this stuff. I think that they're just – it's a, different, it's a different level right now. These guys are just, they're so honed into everything that they need to have done that being 100 right now doesn't necessarily mean that he's not going to just keep getting stronger throughout the year.
0: From a player's perspective, maybe you can give me, and maybe a pitcher specifically, but sometimes I think spring training might be a little long, you know, like these hitters <laughs> are ready. I know it's for the pitchers, but how much, is it too long nowadays? Because they're coming into camp already in shape.
10: Yeah, but like I said, you know, getting used to the hitters and getting used to throwing to, to batters is, is is really the key for it. I mean, we've always said we felt like spring training was too long. You know, some guys do need that time. And, you know, why why would you take it away from some guys when some guys do need it and other guys don't? Um, right. I, I mean, I remember when I was with Mariano. Mariano loved having that long of a spring training because he didn't throw in the offseason because he knew he was going to throw enough during season. Right. And he liked to have that long of a time to get ready to get out of spring. You know, these kids nowadays, I mean, they come, like you said, I mean, DeGrom's already throwing 100, so he's ready for season. I mean, season's right around the corner now anyway, but he's ready to go.
0: Speaking of throwing gas, twice the Yankees season has ended on a home run given up by Aroldis Chapman. (laughs) Friday night, his two pass balls equaled two runs. I know it's spring training, but... What do you think about Aroldis Chapman's propensity to give up runs late in the game? He's he, To me, he he's unable to slam the door shut in big spots.
10: Well, I mean, listen, he, he's a great closer. I mean, he's already proven that he's a great closer. Uh, unfortunately, the, the Yankee fans were so spoiled by Mariano that now everybody else is is, is magnified a little bit more. So, um, listen, I think Chapman's incredible, credible athlete. I think the way he throws the ball, I don't know how anybody ends up hitting it, but you know, the guys that do it's hats off and listen, you have to take those chances. I, I mean, he goes with his power and sometimes it just doesn't pay off. And that's just the way the game goes. You know, unfortunately every situation that he comes into is magnified so it looks different, right? I mean, if he gave up a home run in the seventh, then no one would be talking about it. But it's in the ninth, inning, so it's a little different. But that's his strength, and he has to go with his strength. If I threw 102 miles an hour, you'd really have to have a big conversation with me to throw a breaking pitch. You know, I'm going to take my chances on throwing 102 somewhere around the plate and see if they catch it.
0: You're listening to former Yankees pitcher Tanyan Sturts on the fan. Maybe put on the cap of the opposing team now. How would you as a pitcher navigate this, this Yankees lineup with but the, really the potential for any hitter to just not going over the fence.
10: Wow. Listen, I, this, this lineup is this lineup's really good. Um, you know, it's tough that there's no, there's really no, uh, no outs. Um, you know, hopefully if now I'm talking about someone pitching against them. So hopefully, yeah. you know, you just throw a good enough pitch where they get themselves out. And that's basically the way these guys are going to have to attack them because, you know, obviously, if you walk any one of these guys, the next guy up could be, you know, two run home run in a second with one bad pitch. So definitely all the pitchers coming in are going to have to really concentrate and locate very, very well. Otherwise, it's going to be a real short night for those guys.
0: What about the construction of the batting order itself? Like I, I, they seem to like D.J. LeMahieu as a leadoff hitter. I don't like that. I'd rather put a guy like, like Aaron Hicks at the top of the, ro- the lineup or maybe even... Call me crazy, but a Clint Frazier, just the guy that gets on base with, I don't know. I just don't like it. What do you think about how they're they're constructing things? Well,
10: listen, I think if no matter where you put LeMay, he's going to hit. So, uh, you know, if he's going to get on base. I, I think that's kind of where they're looking at it. Listen, you know, those, those guys have every little detail down so much. So it's very hard to question what they do, because I know that the computer goes through and spits out so many things that, Obviously, he keeps spitting out LeMahieu as number number one, but the guy's a great hitter. And, uh, you know, I think he's really clutch. I think he's an awesome, awesome player. I love watching him play. He could be anywhere in that lineup. You know, obviously, one through, you know, three is, is a great spot for him. And if they put him at one, I don't see anything wrong with that. Frazier, we don't know yet, right? I mean, really don't. You can't start him off the season at one. Maybe he will end up a one. You don't know. But right now, I mean, to give him some protection down at the bottom and let him just swing and see if he crushes a few balls and and gets off hop.
0: So with Luke Voigt sideline even still, but there's a lot of ready bats in this lineup. And people call me up all the time. They lose their minds. The Yankees are too right-handed. But from an (laughs) opposing pitcher's perspective, with this particular lineup, does it matter
10: uh, well, it doesn't the way they hit the ball, but I mean, you know, it is nice to have some some change in there because, you know, when the, when a pitcher's out there and it just keeps seeing righty, 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 you can get a little bit of a groove, you know, instead of seeing these guys go back and forth and, and get on the other side of the plate. Sometimes you get a little tunnel vision with the same side lineup. But like you said, you don't need it with these guys. You make a mistake, they're going to make it hurt anyway. So it doesn't matter what side. Always nice to have lefties in Yankee Stadium, right? They'll be fine. I think, listen, the lineup is probably one of the best lineups in the game. And like I said, every pitcher that comes into that stadium or every pitcher that faces them each night is going to have their work cut out for them and they're going to have to make their pitches. If they don't, like I said, it's going to be a real short night for some people.
0: Well, I like the, I like the sound of that. Talking with yeah. the former, <laughs> former MLB pitcher, Tanyan Sturts is hanging with us here on The Fan. The MLB is cracking down on pitchers for using foreign substances. So I really wanted to delve into this. Why do you think this is coming into play now in this year of 2021, of all years?
10: Well, I think they're, they've run out of things to do, uh, <laughs> right? In the beginning of the year, it's cold. Uh, you know, those balls are slick. You you, there's, there's ha- you have to find some way to get some tackiness on your fingers to be able to throw some of the pitches. You know, how they do that or where they hide it or how much they do and stuff like that. It, it, it's not like everybody doesn't do something. Just don't make it so obvious. Don't put a big pine tar thing on the side of your head. <laughs> I mean, or on your neck, right? So, I mean, just find some place to do it. Uh, I remember a lot of guys used to put it on their strings of their gloves. That's why all those strings used to be long. They would just wipe down the thing and it'd be sticky. So everyone has a different thing, but why are they doing it now? I think a few guys ended up getting uh, caught last year that they didn't think were going to get caught. But if the balls are hard and they want to see home runs, they got to give us something. (laughs) I mean, you know, we have to have a little bit of some kind of feel for the baseball so when it's cold and that ball's hard it, it's t- it's really tough to uh to be able to d- throw some of those breaking pitches
0: what about in warm weather situations like how like how help the audience understand how something like this would help the pitcher obviously grip but is that it
10: well grip what what does grip do look what grip does grip can create spin right so if i can make that ball spin faster you hear, all you hear is spin rate all the time now right so if i can make it spin better obviously my pitches are going to be better so any advantage i can get to make it a little bit more sticky instead of sliding off my fingers i can get i can create more spin on on any pitch so that obviously is going to make it a better pitch and that's that's why we all look to try to get something a little bit tacky i mean i we i used to use uh suntan lotion on my fingers and then grab the rosin bag and it would make it so sticky that you know I'd have to wash my hands for like 20 minutes after the game. No way. Yeah, 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 it's crazy. <laughs> Listen, there's all, there's all kinds of things out there. Like we could sit down and talk about how to cheat a little bit later on with some other stuff, but uh <laughs> but yeah, we we got we got some other things that we can do.
0: <laughs> but I would say not cheating, just towing the line. <laughs>
10: Yeah. Well, well, right. You're right. It's not really, it's not really cheating. It's really, I, I mean, we are trying to gain a little bit of an advantage, but listen, everyone's trying to gain an advantage, right? What, why let the batters have pine tar in the bat then if they are not trying to gain an advantage? So, I, I mean, it goes both ways on all of it.
0: Yeah. You know what too, they're, they're, they're going to be cracking down on particularly just the pitchers is from what I've read on the memo, but flippers use it too. Catchers use it too. Why are they yeah. just targeting the pitchers?
10: Yeah. Listen, if you've seen some of those infielders gloves, it's disgusting how much stuff's <laughs> caked onto some of those gloves, right? And, and and so you're right. They do use it a lot. A lot of them do it.
0: Any of uh, your former Yankees teammates chalk their gloves up?
10: I will not tell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and, and,
10: let's, just, let's just say I used to have people throw the ball down the second base and try to skip it into second base and not throw it on the air so that I could get a little scuff on the ball every once in a while.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess the part D of this, the final part of this would be I don't like the crackdown. Is there a fair way to uphold the integrity of the game in regards to this? Is there a different way to go about doing it?
10: Well, listen, is, is it the integrity of game? I mean, we've been obviously doing this for hundreds of years. We're not the only, I mean, the older guys when I first came in the leagues are the one that taught me how to do it. So, I mean, so I'm sure somebody taught them how to do it. So it's been going on for a long, long time. I mean, it's not like now all of a sudden just guys are looking to try to make it sticky. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know if it's the integrity of the game or just maybe just, like you said, towing the line and trying to get some kind of advantage.
0: We're talking with Tanya and here on the fan. Um, speaking of towing the line, creating an advantage, the Astros got off scot-free with this COVID season last year. People are still banging trash cans all over the place. Um, I guess from a, an opposing pitcher's point of view, I guess if you could just talk to me about, about what that means uh, from a pitcher's point of view.
10: Everybody tries to get the advantage like we just talked about. Right. So even when there's guys on second base, you know, they're trying to get your sign. So you have to change them up and stuff like that, but there's certain ways to do it. Right. I'm old school. I don't think that the computer should be in the dugout. I think the computers, you know, especially if it's a live feed, it's a lot easier to take advantage of that. And that's what they did. I mean, they, they did, they took advantage of a, a mistake that we let happen. I mean, we let the computers in the dugout and they took advantage of what they could take advantage of, and was it right? No, it's not right. But who let the computers in the dugout? You know, I mean, they're just, I mean, anybody's going to try to get an advantage, right? No matter what job you're at or whatever you're at, you're going to try to get an advantage of something. And they found the way to get the advantage, and they ended up getting caught, which was which was good. And now, so would that be squashed? But they did sleep. They did uh, get out of it pretty easy, I think. <laughs>
0: Would you throw in any of the hitters? Would you give them a little chin music?
10: Do you know who you're talking to? Of course I would have hit some people, but I mean, come on. I mean, that, that was, that's the way that I played the game, man. Um, of course people would, would obviously get hit and I think they should expect to get hit. Now a year and a year later, probably not probably should be washed out. But you know, like I said, they got off, they got lucky with COVID last year, but last year, I think if any of them didn't expect to get hit, then they were very naive and, and didn't understand what, what the game was about.
0: I guess we'll, we'll go back to April twenty eighth, two thousand thirteen. Is the Ale- main event of Alex Rodriguez and, and Jason Ferretek? Uh, you get yourself involved in that. Had that been a WWE match, what would have been your entrance song?
10: Oh, geez, I don't know. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good one. It had to be something AC/DC. That's for sure. So uh, I don't know. We probably back in black, maybe. I'm not sure. We'll, that's probably what we would do. That's that's a good question. I don't really know.
0: If you were, you know, what's his name, Jr. How would you commentate? Imagine that's a wrestling match. How would you commentate what went down?
10: Uh, well, we kind of knew that that date was going to happen a little bit. A Rod has been was getting uh, peppered in Boston that whole series, and I think he'd finally had enough after he got hit that last time. I don't, I wasn't expecting Veritech to, to do what he did. And, and, you know, so it just, it just kind of went, went, went a, went a, a different direction. I, I was starting that game. That was the only reason why I was in the dugout. So I was close. Otherwise I would have been way down in the bullpen running in and probably tied by the time I got there, but I was in the dugout. So I was lucky that I was close. And uh, when I got in there, it was, everyone was just on top of Alex. And so I was, just, I was basically trying to get some guys off and, and got, you know, tangled up with some other guys on the, on the outside of it, but it was, uh, it was a good one. It was, it was, it was a good, it was good.
0: <laughs> Any regrets in that?
10: Never regret. Never regret. No, no, God, no, no. Uh,
0: no. One of those guys you got tangled up with, Gabe Kapler, now manager of the, of the San Francisco Giants. Are you allowed in that ballpark?
10: Probably not. Probably not. I, I don't think we've spoken uh, one or two words since that day. Um, you know, that's the way it goes and it, it's okay. It was it was a long time ago. Uh, That matchup between that team and our team back those days was was it was bad blood. I mean, not bad blood, but like we didn't we didn't get along, right? It was different back then, and now it's it's. I'm older. I have kids now, and if I don't want to go to San Fran, I don't go to San Fran. This is a big deal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Has A Rod? Have you talked once the dust has settled? We're years later, Has A Rod reached out, talked to you? What what did he say to you?
10: uh alex and i uh we don't i don't see alex much now i mean after you know right after it had happened we talked about it a little bit uh i know a bunch of his friends down here in miami but we, we don't we hadn't spoken about it too much he's too busy with j-lo
0: are they still a thing <laughs> who knows
10: <laughs> maybe instagram will tell us if they are who knows I, I, I know i can't keep up
0: i know but did he at least say thank you at least for jumping in there
10: yeah yeah no listen no listen i'll always the greatest part about playing on those teams is that all the guys were awesome. Our clubhouse was great. So anytime I had helped out or, you know, had thrown at somebody or hit somebody after one of our guys, always a thank you, always, you know, whatever. But it was always great. The, the clubhouse was awesome full of great, great guys, obviously great players. I mean, we had nine all-stars on the field every t- every night. So it was a great clubhouse to be in. It was a great group of guys. It stinks we didn't get to win the championship. Um the year that I was there, the old the four year. It'll always uh it'll always haunt me that they came back and beat us. Always. Cause listen, it's easy for those guys. They got nine other rings. You know <laughs> what I mean? Ten other rings. I don't have any, so it, it haunts me, right?
0: <laughs> oh no. Well, Tanya, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And we'll catch up at one of the the Mint Pros events, uh hopefully this I, summer.
10: They- yeah, let's hope everything opens up and we all get to get up to New York. And thank you so much for having me on. And uh, like you'll see me at a Mint Pro thing. It'd be awesome.
0: <laughs> thank you.
5: Danielle McCartney, Sports Radio 1019 FM, the FAN, WFAN.
0: Welcome back to the five o'clock hour, the final hour of McCartan. Now we have shifted to McCartan in the morning here on the FAN in the beautiful New York City, the one and only New York City. Uh, We've been talking a lot about Sam Darnold and the Jets tonight. But don't forget, it's opening week. It's baseball's opening week. The Yankees open up on Thursday afternoon at the stadium in the Bronx, at the Cathedral in the Bronx. And the Mets are in D.C. They're down 95 in D.C. at Nationals Park. Uh, They're the night game, 7.09 p.m. And guess what? Garrett Cole, Jacob deGrom. I mean, does it get any better than this? We in, in, In this city, we have two of... The best pitchers in baseball, I would say, Jacob Degrom is the best pitcher in the NL, and Garrett Cole. Would you'd be hard pressed to find somebody, um, you know, as as capable as he is on the mound in the AL. So I think this is going to be an exciting, extremely exciting time for baseball in New York City. Um, I'm pumped for both teams. I think both teams have their sights set on the World Series, um, and and that's the truth. I mean, if you look at the way the Yankees roster is is, you know concocted the one thing that the question marks still to remain to be seen is, is the effectiveness of the starting pitching. When you look at the Mets, conversely, their, um, offense looks good. I like, um, the way that they put the ball in play rather than rely on the home run or the strikeout. Um, I think the Mets pitching staff is once Syndergaard comes back. I think they are one of the most potent starting rotations in at least the NL, we could say. And, The one thing for the Mets, though, is going to be their defense. What does – so what does J.D. Davis look like at third base, right? That has been the question. However, did you see – I don't know when it was. I saw um, a video. I guess it was in Saturday's game. He ranged so far to his left that he actually cut Francisco Lindor off for a ground ball. If you're a Mets fan, that's something that you would really love to see. Or J.D. Davis coming into his own at third base at the hot corner. We'll see what happens. Um, but the biggest to me is is Dom Smith. I, I think right now, I'm going to use the word liability to describe his his defensive capabilities in left field. If you're the Mets, if you're the manager of the Mets, you say to yourself, okay, does this liability in left field, um, can it overcome the power of this guy's bat? And right now, that's what the Mets are dealing with. Um and as far as the Yankees, I mean, Luke Voigt going down. Luke Voigt uh, elected to have surgery, which is a blow, obviously, to the Yankees because, obviously, that Luke Voigt led all of baseball in the 2020 pandemic season in home runs. It was a shortened season home run leader. But the optimism in this is this. If you're a Yankee fan, let me let, let me talk you off the ledge a little bit here. Just like Zach Britton did, now Luke Voigt is doing. It's better that it's been addressed now, right? Get the surgery now. Don't go through, you know, the the, the six-inch long needles that they have to get, right? The the cortisone shots and all that. Don't go through all that just to play through it. I mean, it's March 28th. If you're the Yankees, like I just said, you, you have your sights set on... On the big game, on the big series at the end of the year in November. So get it done now, you know, and, and, and with that, with void being out, Jay Bruce has pretty much, Jay Bruce has made the team. Not pretty much, he has. The Yankees tweeted that they have offered him and, and signed him to an MLB contract, selected him to the 40-man roster, and Jay Bruce, he's, he's a perfect fit. He plays first base. He plays a little bit of outfield. He can give some guys rest in the outfield as well. Um, you know, playing defense, obviously it's not where I would put him. I, he was obviously going to be playing first base, but he does offer a little bit of flexibility in that sense. And Yankees fans that you've been calling up here all the time, the Yankees are too right-handed. The Yankees are too right-handed. Well, Jay Bruce will bring his left-handed bat to the short porch in Yankee stadium. So, um, you know, bad news. Uh, sure. Uh, but not the worst news, right? So, because Luke Voigt, he'll be back, um, uh, you know, soon. It's a minimum of three weeks before he can resume baseball act- activity, and we'll talk about it in three weeks, you and I. Also on Saturday afternoon, it's Clark Schmidt's on the 60-day I.L. with a right elbow strain, okay? I guess more importantly would be that the Yankees released Robinson Chirinos and Derek Diedrich from their minor league contracts. And, you know, I, I really thought... Diedrich Torinos I mean, was injured we know that but I really thought that Diedrich had a chance to make this team I mean he he really had impressed me early on in spring training and you know then then you look at the trickle down now what is it the last roster spot who's competing for the last roster spot for the Yankees it seems as though Tyler Wade is going to make that roster get that last spot well Aaron Boone wasn't totally committed he wasn't he didn't say it he didn't say it just yet when he was asked about it so um That's kind of like a wait and see. I just think that Tyler Wade's versatility obviously plays into it, right? He can play shortstop, but then again, you saw that Gio Urshela could also play shortstop. So going back to, I I just thought Derek Dedrick really had a chance to make this team because he is also versatile and he's got a better bat than Tyler Wade. Much better. So that was kind of like a head scratcher to me. I'll be honest with you when I saw that. And then we got some calls tonight about what do you think of this Mets fans about the Lindor extension? So in the open, I played more, more money, more problems by notorious BIG and P Diddy. I think he was puffed at at the time, but will the Lindor extension coupled with the Steve Cohen ownership? Will that be more money, more problems for the Mets? (laughs) Because, and this is all coming, you know, bubbling up because, well, first of all, last week I had on Wayne Randazzo and he told you that Lindor Although he has said that he is not going to be negotiating or dealing with this um, during the regular season, which, oh, by the way, starts on Thursday, um, it doesn't mean that his his agents wouldn't be working behind the scenes to get it done. So Wayne Randazzo told you that pretty much this time last week. But then Steve Cohen is kind of stoking the flames here, stoking the coals. He said Friday evening, he tweeted, what do you think Lindor will accept? I'm going to crowdsource the answer. So when Lindor says that he's not dealing with this once the season starts, was that a pressure tactic? I think yes. And with only a few days to go, is this tweet from the Mets owner, Steve Cohen, is this his own sort of pressure tactic? Uh, Yeah, I think so too. So ultimately, I think it's mutual interest on both sides. And I think ultimately the deal gets done before opening day and by the time I'm on next week. I just think it gets done. I think when you look at the other options for shortstop and compare it against, and to use the word from juxtapose, I've been taught by Vince Quinn came in and he said it's juxtapose. Um, when When you juxtapose how Lindor has been playing versus the field, I'm not talking about the infield. I'm talking about like the field of other shortstops that will be available next season via free agency. Lindor's a fit. The guy fits in. Luis Rojas is like in love with him. Based on everything he says. He's a perfect fit, blah, blah, blah. Just get it done. How much? What's, what's the cost? What's the years? That's another question that I'm not. I'm no baseball agent. Obviously, it's going to be a multi-year deal. I think the, the digits is going to start with a Three and end with $100 million, and we'll see where in that range it is. Um, I don't know, because a fan replied and asked Steve Cohen, can we assume that a deal is imminent if you're poking fun at the task at hand, was the tweet, and he wrote, in this case, no. I don't know if that makes anybody feel any better, but then again, is it his own pressure tactic? Which I think it is. And... As far as the great Sam Darnold debate uh, that we've been having and that the entire NFL community has been having ever since (laughs) for a long time now. But it's been exacerbated and brought to the front more because of Zach Wilson had a great pro day. You guys know I'm pro Sam Darnold. But Zach Wilson had a knockout. Like, There's not enough words. He had a great pro day. He was throwing bootlegs, running to the right, throwing across his body 60 yards to the left, bootleg to the left, throwing across his, you know, setting his feet, squaring his shoulders, throwing it back to the right. I mean, and far. In fact, he is he was college football's number one ranked deep passer, um, according to Pro Football Focus, obviously. But Zach Wilson, on deep passes, which is defined as over 20 yards, he was the— best in college football last season. So, if you're paying attention to Twitter over the past 36 hours, you'll see that trending nationally were the words Jets, Darnold, Wilson, Zach, not Russell, and Garoppolo, <laughs> believe it or not. And and uh, obviously Garoppolo, because of the 49ers making the deal to move up to the third overall pick, I think Garoppolo ends up back in New England um, with, um, with Bill Belichick and, and his complex offense. Ultimately, I think that's going to happen, and I think it's going to happen soon. So the song I played for you for the Jets was Thomas Rhett, star of the show, because the Jets are the star of the show, of the draft, because what are they doing with number two? Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jaguars. I mean, Urban Meyer wasn't even at Zach Wilson's pro day. Why should he be, right? But what are the Jets going to do with number two? Well, there's two camps of fans that we've been addressing tonight. There's the one camp of fans that says, well, the Jets are going to draft him because the 49ers did not did not move up or try to move up. That's a fact. They did not call the Jets about the number two pick. And people are starting to think, oh, well, that's clearly because there's inside information being exchanged between Robert Sala, his old team, and Shannon and, and um LaFleur, his old team, and the 49ers, you know, the Jets and the 49ers. People are thinking that they're exchanging inside information. I don't know about that. I don't think that's a uh, a viable option because at the end of the day, right, I hate that saying, but at the end of the day, the Jets and the 49ers are not sharing Super Bowl rings. So why would they share information to, to benefit each other? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't understand that concept, the concept behind that. But there's a lot of you guys saying Wilson's the dude. And maybe, maybe. Did you see the shot of Robert Sala chumming it up with John Lynch? Did you also notice that Douglas, Sala, and LaFleur were all there? They were the only team to send the GM, the head coach, and the offensive coordinator. And then you get the, I mean, that's got to mean something, right? And then you get the other camp of Jets fans that says, oh, the Jets are playing just, they're, they're just trying to up their, up their hall. They're playing, hard to get. They they got their poker faces on. They're just trying to get more for that second overall pick. Well, that could be too. Because the 49ers moved up from 12 to 3 and sent the Miami Dolphins two future first-round picks and a future third-round pick. So obviously the Jets number 2 would be worth more than that. Maybe they look to Atlanta maybe the Atlanta Falcons want to jump up and grab the number 2 pick. I don't know about that. More so, more probable, more, more plausible would be the Panthers with their pick eight and the Broncos with their pick nine. Maybe they'll make a deal. Maybe they'll cut the Jets a deal. And then just underscoring all of this, I want to ask maybe it's a rhetorical question, but how much stock do you put in a pro day? Sure, there are good things to draw from it. All the scouts, you know, seeing it in person is different, right? And, and, seeing the fast twitch muscles and, you know, hey, dude, can you do that one again? Or can you you do this for me? You know, there is stuff to be seen there, right? As like a tryout. But, you know, there's some other factors that I think go unnoticed a little bit. How does the player react in weather conditions? Well, Sam Darnold did his in the pouring rain at USC. Wilson, I don't know, it's springtime, but he picked a domed field house in Provo, Utah, I don't know about that. What about how the the player is affected by the crowd noise in a real stadium, in a real game situation? You can't emulate that. Sure, there's pressure on him. Sure, there's eyes. The world is watching. There's tons of non-socially distanced eyes watching him, by the way. Um, But you can't replicate what it is in a real stadium. And the biggest thing, how about the player against a – what's that called? Defense, right? How does a player play against a defense? You cannot replicate that, obviously, in a pro day. And as a coach myself, we talk about this every year in tryouts. Kids look great during drills. They do one-on-one situations. They look great. But the real day of tryouts in high school anyways, like day two or three or even four. Probably three or four. How do they perform in game-like situations? For me anyway. That's the only real true barometer. Because it incorporates a different speed, different mental capability. And, you know, unfortunately for Zach Wilson, the level of difficulty posed by the opponents by of BYU, it didn't give me enough a good enough litmus test on to see how he would perform up to NFL speed. So which camp are you in? Um I was we've been taking calls all night about that. Which camp are you in? And I just want you to ponder this. Just like Tom Thibodeau was able to unlock Julius Randle. And, and I know Sam Darnold is learning or will be learning if he's on the Jets this upcoming season, his fourth offense in five years, going back to his days at USC, his senior year at USC. But just like Thibodeau did with Randall, can Sala be that for Sam Darnold? That's the question I'm going to leave you guys with. 877 337 6666 is the phone number. I'm with you till 6 a.m. Get aboard. I'm Danielle McCartan on the Fan, New York City.
3: This is John Sterling. Opening day is this Thursday when the Bombers are back at Yankee Stadium to host the Toronto Blue Jays, and we get you ready for the regular season. We do have Yankees-Phillies preseason action today at 1255 as the teams meet in Clearwater, so keep it right here for all the action on your smart speaker, mobile device, laptop, and tablet at WFAN.com and on your radio at Sports Radio 1019-FM, WFAN New York.
0: Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. I'm Daniel McCartan with you here on the fan till 6 a.m. Last chance to get aboard. Well, maybe you got a few more times. But 8- 877-337-6666 is the phone number. Um, if you can't call, maybe you're working, maybe you're under your covers and you don't want to wake anybody up. You can always tweet me at coach M C C A R T A N. I'm live. I've got it right here. It's open. Waiting for your tweets. Or if you're not on Twitter, it's Facebook.com/slash Coach McCartan as well. If you wanted to find me there. Um Real quickly, it came out today. I'm extremely excited for you guys to hear something. If you haven't seen it or you know clicked on it yet, I uh, I joined a roundtable discussion this week, and it was hosted and moderated by Moose and Maggie. And the topic was for Women's History Month, March, obviously, and just to talk about our experience in the business. And I joined um, a great panel, obviously, of, of names that you guys all know, Lori Rubinson, Erica Herskowitz, and Ligori, I mean, it was just a, such a cool experience. It was a great conversation, and it was a necessary conversation. And I just, I can't wait for you guys to listen to it, if you haven't already. It's up on the WFN website. I think it's on, in the On Demand section. And it's on the all the stations' social channels. So you guys can go find it there. Actually, I'll, I'll post it to mine, too, uh, when I get home a little bit later, um, to Facebook.com, again, slash Coach McCartan and Coach McCartan on Twitter. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I hope to do it again soon. It was a uh, it was a fun time, and I hope I hope that you guys enjoy it. It's full length. It was forty minutes. We did the whole shebang. So if you do listen to it, please let me know what you think about it. Um, of course, I had a fun time doing it, and can't wait for the next time to do it. All right, in the order that you guys called, Tony in Providence, you're up on the fan. What's up? How mm, you doing, Coach? I'm good. How are you, yeah. Tony?
2: Good. Always do a great job. Excellent interview as always. Thank you. And um, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I've been saying that on here a long time that um, San Francisco might give it to Jimmy, and with that big thing with Miami, uh, the move up. I mean, you got to think that, right? I mean, so
0: yeah, I mean, but, with with the move up with the Forty Nine ers, you got to think that the, the days of Jimmy Garoppolo in the Bay Area are numbered, right? You'd have to. They're yeah. not moving up to take a tight end,
2: right? I mean, I saw them report that said that they're not interested in it. They said they plan to keep getting me. Mean, I don't believe that. I mean, no. you're right. I mean, to move that high up, I mean, I mean that's a big move. I mean, yeah. Not, I'm like, so I agree with you 100%. Think about it. And but
0: think big... about it. They were at, what were they, at 12? Think about There's yeah. like, what, four or five quarterbacks in this draft? They could mm-hmm. have still gotten a good other player with that 12th pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, so right. they're, they're taking a quarterback. That's it. Which one? Right. Who will be available? That's the question.
2: You're right. Because 12, you can get a decent play on the positions you're right. right. So um, so I think about that. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, and then Jets, I mean, obviously, uh, they're doing that for a reason. I mean, we have to figure out what their move was, you said. I mean, uh, that's interesting. I mean, when you're talking about that's impossible. I mean, why would why, why they want to make a move? Like, and you said it. It's, it's going to be because they want to do something, too, right? I mean, was not just thinking about and, and, and you mentioned that as a question, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And then one thing I wanted uh, before I forgot um, the NFL. Um, I know they're going to have the games on Thursday on Apple. I hope it's going to be simulcast somewhere on um, NFL. Oh, hopefully, there's another way in case you don't want to watch it on Apple. I mean, most people get Apple, but I still hope it's going to be simulcast somewhere.
0: Yeah, um, I, I don't have the answer to that. I'm not sure about that
2: because mm-hmm. um, it makes no sense in a way because some people don't want to watch a game on your phone. it's They should have another a source because yeah. I mean, usually, like ESPN, it's on the ABC. This is going to happen right. where their games and where they sell. And usually, if the games are locally, it'll be on a little side network. So I'm hoping, or at least on Direct TV, we have the package. So, And that might not happen. And that would be stupid because if we have direct TV, you should be able to get the game. Sure. So.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So. Right. Yeah. I. I don't. I'll be honest. I don't know. And Tony, thanks for the call. I don't know how they're going to structure that. Whatever. I. I did see, and, and for baseball too. I think I saw that they will be streaming games. Uh, I think it was not on Apple though. I think I saw Amazon Prime. I think is what it was. And here's this discussion again. Like, who doesn't have Amazon Prime? You know, it's like, I just don't want the NFL to alienate a specific demographic of people you know i'm trying to say Uh, i know they're trying to cater to the young crowd i think everybody my age and under and even a little bit older has an amazon prime account i used to share one with my brother and then he kicked me off of it but that's another story for another day Uh, i now have my own that's fine i like having my own anyway nick's laughing behind the (laughs) class. i'm not telling that story now that's just a it's a long story. Oh, it's here. No. <laughs> <laughs> we are not going there tonight because it's not about sports. Let's just put it that way. Uh, okay, let's go to Kevin in Camden. Kevin, you're up. Good morning, Kevin.
7: Good morning, Coach. I was I worried about, about you. I was off, sorry.
0: It's all good. What's up? I want to talk about the Yankees
7: real quick. Yes. Um, I think the um, Yankees should have kept Garcia in the rotation because I think Got potential. I think he should have been a starter over uh, Herman.
0: That was my next question. Over Herman, Kevin. No, Hermione, Herman well, hasn't even allowed a run. All
7: I get Come that, on, but, Kevin. I get that, but I'm not a fan of um, men hating women. I
0: I'm know, but okay. We, but, but obviously, I am not either. I think most of 99% of, of, the, of the country is, right? So, but or the world, I should say, but. You'd have to—you can't—you have to—if the Steinbrenners thought that he is fit enough to play, you got to trust the Steinbrenners, right? So you you have to separate that out. The the guy had a stellar, stellar season, preseason.
7: Well, it's not over him than over Montgomery, at least.
0: Well, Montgomery I'd be willing to negotiate with you about. Yeah. But although, though, I-, I told you, I told you guys that Davy Garcia was not going to make this rotation. I said it. I knew it. Yeah, he was just right. too wildly inconsistent for me.
7: Yeah, you're right. And I want to say about Lindor real quick get it done. Yeah, right. That man has been raking this year. Get it done. He's the guy. I told you when we got him, this is a special guy. Get him. Get him done. That's my guy. Get him done.
0: <laughs> I know. You're a huge, you got your t shirt, right? right? Yeah.
7: Oh,
0: thank you. Love it. <laughs> Kevin, always thanks. Thanks for the thanks, call. Coach. I appreciate it always. As thank always. you, Coach. Uh, and the Lindor deal. That's the other thing. I, I Listen, I, I don't think, if I'm a Mets fan, I'm not worried. I think the deal will be done before opening day because I think that would put a really, I mean, the Mets are really optimistic this year. And I think by not having a deal in place, you know, an extension, a long-term extension or resign, by not having that in place, I think it would, Put not a black cloud over City Field, so to speak, but you know, gray, a little bit of a damper. I just don't think that that's what they're going for this year, especially this whole Steve Cohen thing, asking for fan input via social media, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I just don't think that um, that that's what they want. I think they want to start off the season on a good note, on on the right foot, and signing Francisco Lindor, who Kevin just said has been raking and playing outstanding defense and has fit in seamlessly to this team to the point where everybody around him loves him to the point where Wayne Randazzo last week told you that you know we're here in New York most fans are here in New York right only the select few have traveled down to Florida and were able to even get the the uh, the, the limited supply of tickets right but what Wayne Randazzo said he, last week was he said that people Mets fans don't yet realize um And this was on my show last week that people don't yet realize the superstar that Francisco Lindor is and that he's been able to observe by being there every day. Wayne, that is. So um, I think that the Mets would be foolish not to get this done, in fact. So get it done. Like Kevin said, Steve Cohen, if you're listening, you can give us a call 877-337-6666 and maybe just, you know, let us know what you're thinking about the Lindor deal. That would be nice. But if you are listening and you don't want to call Steve Cohen, you could tweet me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, or just get the deal done. How's that sound? Let's go to Vernon in Manhattan. Vernon, you're up. Hey, this is Steve Cohen. How you doing? <laughs> I heard your phone died before, I'm so I'm sorry to hear that.
16: <laughs> no, the phone actually it, it worked, but I was getting strong static. So okay. I don't know what that was, so I said I tried again. The second time, I was getting strong static, it's... and I went in and watched Gunsmoke. And I came back and I, I pulled my job to, uh, smartphone, so that's why I'm talking to you from.
0: Yeah, it's it's the so, uh, the flip phone. I think. I don't know. I don't know. No, I, don't know. <laughs> I think the phone. Mets are sending you some vibes to turn off your <laughs> flip phone.
16: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the thing is, I love Steve Cohen. He sent me a special gift uh this Friday. I was shocked. Was it a smartphone? Post- no. What oh. no. <laughs> oh. what was it? He sent me this beautiful gift when I when I got it, and I, it was a big gift and I cut it open mm-hmm. and I looked at it, it says oh, next season tickets two thousand twenty one. So I'm looking at the box, I'm saying, wait a minute, how can that be? When I still be having the tickets with the mobile app yeah, uh, for the, whole the thing MLB. Thing. Right. So I opened it up. Oh, he outdid himself. <laughs> he had a huge ticket in there inside a glass case. It said it had nuts, VIP one, VIP seat one, VIP row one. No way. And he has, yeah, he has something else in there. And the thing is, when I was reading the cards he sent, he sent two different large black cards. And I was reading it, and he said he looks for my input. So that really, like, man, no what? one sends me a gift. <laughs> he sent me a gift. So I'm sure he's doing that for all the season ticket holders. The man got money. <laughs> Vernon, you got to send
0: me a picture of that. I know you sent me a picture of your bobblehead collection, but I would like to see that when you get a chance.
16: Sure, sure I'll take a picture of it and send it to you. It's really nice that he sent with this sliding case. So that's really good. And
0: you know what you could tell so, him? You could tell him that I would love to have him on. That's the that's suggestion. I if, <laughs> if I could give a suggestion to him through you, that would be it.
16: Okay, so I'll tell you this quick story. <laughs> okay, tell um, you know um, Tony Page, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I met him once. Okay. Yes.
16: Okay. Tony Page knows me very well. He gave me a nickname, The Mole. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he gave me that name, I actually sat in on the private meetings uh, with um Omar oh, Mania, yep. Sandy Alderson. And um when I sat in the meetings, they had a big food spread. So somehow he knew these meetings took place. So when I called him up, he said, okay, my I got my mold on the line. <laughs> Mo, tell me what are the things they're talking about inside. Because it, it, it didn't, it was only shared with us. So I was sharing the radio with him exactly how the things was regarding the information I was getting from them. So it, we were, we got the top inside information inside. So that's mm-hmm. why he gave me the nickname, The Mole. The Mole. Um, so I'm getting ready for your tickets. Uh, the, all tickets have now just come in. April was the last one I'm looking for. They're in. And Thursday, um, uh, my account rep is going to digitize the tickets. So I'm gonna send you one ticket. That's the opening day. I'm sorry to say this is no disrespect to you. You're gonna be the guinea pig.
0: <laughs> sorry, oh no! But first, Ver- I, oh, I get, when is opening day for the Mets home opener? It's um because
16: I know April eighth.
0: April eighth. What day of the week is that? I'm checking my calendar because I can't. I can't take off of school. It's
16: April no 8th. problem because the thing is on April the eighth. If you can't go, just give the ticket to someone else. I know. Okay. That's all you have to do. This is not a hard thing. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's uh, raising his hand.
0: All right, Vernon. We'll
16: see. All right. And okay. Did you have a Mets point, or you
0: just want to talk about that?
16: No, the last, the last thing I'll talk about, yeah. I can't make it on the last two games in April. And the reason why I can't make it is because I have something to do. Do you want the two tickets to the Mets and Boston Red Sox games? Uh, you know that's a hot.
0: I, I know. I have to check my schedule for, I, Email me, okay? I, I'll get back to you on email.
16: Okay, these are these are night games. Yeah, yeah. So okay. just let you know. All right. And um, I I think that's it. So anyway, uh, you have a nice day. And uh, oh, last thing, the baseballs—the baseball stitches are going to be not tight as it was for last year. They're going to make the, the baseball stitches kind of mild and loose. So it's going to be hard to hit the baseball. So here's my baseball quiz question for you. Okay. In 1986, who was the pitcher that struck out the batter to win the 1986 World Series? Hmm. Oh,
0: God. He,
16: he, he threw the baseball, then he threw his gloves up in the air. I and know. It I'm, came s- and jumped I'm on seeing
0: him. it in my mind. I know. I see it. He jumps straight up in the air vertically. Yep. Oh, I don't know who it was off the top of my head. I don't know.
16: Okay, so last time you were batting five for four, so the actual answer is was Jesse Orozco. Oh.
0: <laughs> and I see it. Andy? And and he threw it up, the people started running on the field. Yes. I know, I see yes. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you have a nice day. Thanks, Vernon. You too. I appreciate it. Uh bye bye. Bye bye. I know, it's one of those things. I'm a visual learner, and I just, I, I sometimes I think I have a photographic memory and things like that. Like, I see it, and I just can't visualize the number on the guy's jersey, you know? Orozco, oh, there it is. Vernon with his trivia. Okay, so we will take a quick break right here. Um, I, I, You know what I'm going to give you guys? I want to give you, since he was just talking about the Mets, let me give you my Mets X-Factor picture for the 2021 season. I don't think it's going to be who you expect me to say. So I've got one for you coming up after this short break.
10: Hey, what's going on? It's the Moose coming up Monday after Boomer and Geo at 10 a.m. Moose and Maggie right here on the fan reacting to everything that happened NCAA tournament
0: Sweet 16. Plus the latest from the NFL as we're getting closer and closer to the draft spring training. Moose, baseball this week for real. We'll have you covered wall to wall. Join us at 10 a.m. on Sports Radio, 101.9 FM and radio.com. Jump around. Jump around. It's opening week. Baseball, MLB season, opening week. Everybody jump around. And this is also your last chance to get aboard. 877-337-6666 is the phone number. At Coach MCCARTAN is the Twitter. Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. I got them both open right here on my laptop. Quickly, um, just the X factor for the Mets rotation. They've The Mets have decided against a six-man rotation. So, you know, their rotation as it stands looks to be DeGrom, Right now, DeGrom, Stroman, Walker, Peterson, Lucchese. And I could see how you would say that Stroman could be a really big X factor for this. Uh, you can make a case for him that he has to be the number two guy with Syndicard out, Carrasco being out. He has to be. He has to pull his weight, so to speak, in the number two role. I get that. But, and... Eric from Ronkonkoma just sent me a Facebook message and he said, you're going to say Lucchese. That's all I could see right this now. It says dot, dot, dot after that. But yes, last week we were debating who was going to be the fifth starter for the Mets. I was asked by, I think it was Andy in Miami last week about Yamamoto. And I said that he was going to be a borderline option for the starting rotation only because Lucchese was pitching so well. Well, Yamamoto this week was sent to the Mets AAA and I don't know, Lucchese, he's in his fourth season. He came from the Padres, and he was really unimpressive there. And when roster strung, he was kind of like the odd man out. He was sent to the alternate site last season. I mean, he allowed five runs on 11 hits in five and two-thirds innings, so not good. But the key here, he's been working with Driveline, which if you know anything about Driveline, it's the analytics uh, company that, like, fixes things, uh, wind-ups and leg placement and all that, right? All, all that nerdy stuff that I'm really into. But he uses all kinds of tools to measure anatomical and physics-related things, right? I totally buy into it. So I'm curious to see or even ask him about what Driveline found and presumably corrected in his delivery. He did say that this was on his lead front side and shoulder mobility. That's kind of where they focused. But right now, that, that's kind of general. So in any anyway, my... I think Lucchese is going to be, I don't want to say stud, but I think he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be the fifth starter for long. I think he, I think they're going to move him up. I think he edges out Peterson. I would not be surprised if Lucchese is the fourth starter for the Mets come opening day, uh, you know, in the rotation. Because obviously this isn't set, speculation. Uh, I say Lucchese four, Peterson five, actually, is where I'm going to go now. So Lucchese is my X factor for the Mets rotation um, this upcoming season. There you have it. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go. Peter in New Jersey, you are up on the fan.
16: Hey, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Of course.
0: What's up? Uh, just uh, Sam Darnold.
16: Yes. Uh, you talked about
15: him earlier and mm-hmm. uh, the four different offenses. Uh, to me, I, I, I haven't seen an improvement. He's still making the same mistakes that he was making in college. Uh, you know, I know he's, he has you not know, the different teams and maybe he doesn't have all the weapons, but I don't see it. I really don't see it.
0: I just, okay, I understand how how you wouldn't see it, Peter. I do. However, he has had the worst coach in the NFL for two straight consecutive seasons. Yes, the turnovers, I I said it, the turnovers are uh, troublesome. I mean, I'd said it before. His first touchdown pass in the NFL was to the other team, it was a pick six. I know that. I'm not, but I'm not ready to move on. I would like to see him with some guys, with a running game that could, you know, I don't know. Cause a little bit of fear in a defense, make it not so one dimensional. And, and Mike LaFleur's offense is going to be uh, completely based uh, off of uh, the play action. With Garoppolo, they ran at 35% of snaps for, for play action. I think that would be good for Sam Darnold and get a good tight end over the, running over the middle as a safety blanket. I, I'm not ready to give up on Sam Darnold. You know, I, I understand it but he hasn't had anybody to play with either. So, I mean, we, we've been talking at length all, all night about that, and I don't think I'm going to waver on that. Brad in Middletown, you're on the fan. Hey, Danielle, how are you? I'm good, Brad. What's up?
1: Listen, a couple things. Now,
0: you talk
1: about the X factor with the Mets. Yes. I got
0: an X factor with the Yankees. Ooh, let's see if it matches mine. Tell me. Uh, believe
1: it or not, number five, the Bingo Herman. I'm gonna go further than that. I'm predicting that Herman will win twenty games
0: see but Brad, I thought about Herman too, but that would he's been stellar he wouldn't be an X factor for me he he for me he's already earned his stripes so I, I go so uh, for, the reason, for the Yankees I the go on the, the reason why I say
1: that now you hear me out yeah I'm listening the reason why I say that cause everybody is down on him because of that domestic violence. Mm-hmm. now yes. I, I I checked the stats throughout the whole spring training. Herman outpitched uh, Cole. He <laughs> outpitched all of them. Didn't allow a run. But yeah, yeah, he did not one earned run, and he had the most. And believe it or not, I think I think uh, Cole had maybe what two, three strikeouts more
0: than him, but that was it. Uh, Cole, Cole had twenty-four is, strikeouts, and Herman had thirteen. So there's a little bit of a disparity there, but I see where you're going. Yes.
1: Okay, but the bottom line is this. Herman has a point to prove, and he did win eighteen ball games in two thousand nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my prediction is that Herman is going to win twenty games. Yep. He's going to show everybody he belongs there, mm-hmm. and maybe everybody might back off a little bit because of domestic violence. He he owned it. He did his time. He apologized to everybody. Move on.
0: Brad, I'm with you. I, I get it, but for that reason, Herman would not be my X factor because. I- I'm already slating him into like the third spot in the rotation, honestly. Tyone would be mine because of just the two Tommy John surgeries. There hasn't been much um you know, much, much ado about that. Um, not a lot of people pitch with two Tommy John surgeries. That's why he would be my X Factor for the Yankees. Herman, he's earned it. He's in there. There's nothing left to prove for him. For me, anyway. And and twenty games winner, I I might I might sign up for that. I might co sign that. Sparky and Dobbs Ferry, I got you in this week. Sparky, what's up? Hey,
7: Coach. Thank you. How is everything? Thanks for calling me back this um, week. Sorry I didn't get oh, to you last week. Oh, of course. Are you kidding? You're the best. Thanks. Um, now, I agree 100% about that pro day stuff. Because mm-hmm. to me, the pro day stuff, that's like, for, it's more suited for a fan evaluation for fantasy week. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Because think about it. Dude, that would be the same as evaluating a hitter. After watching them take batting practice at Yankee Stadium,
0: great analogy. You know. Yep.
7: And um, no, but as far as the stuff with the Jets, I got a feeling Donald is going to be the starting quarterback, and the Jets are playing a fun game of poker. 'Cause you see the way that they those guys are all gushing over Wilson and mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. They're doing that so they can make the trade value higher for that second pick.
0: I hope so, Spark. Yeah. I hope that's what the Jets are doing. I hope they're playing this this intense game of poker. Um and I said that on here. Then they, they trade down just a little bit and they fill some more needs, right? There's a lot of holes on that team that one single quarterback Whether it be Zach Wilson or Tom Brady, one single quarterback is not going to fix that team. John in Freehold, you're up on the fan.
9: Hey, good morning, Danielle. How are you? Good, good. I called to talk about the Knicks, but real quick on Donald. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He just doesn't have that ish factor, uh, Danielle. He's had way too many injuries. He hasn't made anybody around him any better. And uh, I look at a quarterback in regards to explosive plays. And how many explosive plays did you name that the Jets had throughout the entire 16-game schedule a year ago? Yeah, I in, understand,
0: in, but how that? many explosive explosive players is he working with? At least, I mean, Josh Allen's working with Stephon Diggs. I mean, Tom Brady's working with all of them. Like, it's just, I, I don't know. The problem is we haven't had a fair assessment on him yet because of that reason, you know? Well,
8: you look, you look at it, everything that's been taken away from Russell Wilson in Seattle, no, but, a Russell, but playoff, Russell
0: Wilson you know? still had D.K. Metcalf, who I had ranked as the highest wide receiver uh, prospect in that entire draft. He's got Lockett, and you know what I mean? He has weapons. Russell Wilson has yeah. weapons. Yeah, he was also running for his life for, for most of the season. Well, so Sam Darnold, too, it. right? Can you imagine took, Sam Darnold? Yeah, but can you imagine yeah, Sam yeah, Darnold? With, excuse me. Can you imagine yeah, Sam yeah, Darnold? Okay, John, sorry. I gave you three chances there, John. You talk, I talk. That's how this goes. But can you imagine... Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is running for his life. Russell Wilson is running for his life. So is Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter. Can you imagine this guy with DK Metcalf to to have an outlet pass to? Or Tyler Lockett to to have a reception in the end zone with? No, because the highest uh, uh, wide... Sam Darnold, the guy who has caught the most passes for Sam Darnold in his career, is Robbie Anderson. Undrafted. Undrafted. Beyond that, it's barren, okay? So we can argue about this next week. I'm sure this is still going to be a topic. Got me all heated here, you guys. (laughs) I love it. Thank you, guys. You guys make this show. I could not have done this without you. I love coming here every week. If you missed any portion of the show, radio.com. It's a free app. You can download it. Hit the rewind feature. At 4.48 a.m. was former Yankees pitcher Tanyan Sturts. We had an in-depth study on the art of pitching. And, of course, we talked about the famous A-Rod Veritek brawl through a WWE lens. And you know what? While you're there, just go ahead and rewind to 3 a.m. Listen to the whole thing while you're at it. Great job to Nick, working hard behind the glass tonight. And also to Pete McCarthy on the updates. Bob Salter's coming your way next. In the meantime, you guys hit my socials at CoachMCCARTAN on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Enjoy an opening day. Let's keep the conversation going. Talk to you next week. 101.9
5: FM. The